Self-Quarantine, number three. With your host, Kurt Sandvik, and Stitch, obviously. clear my throat that's right this is live self-quarantine number three coming at you guys hope you guys are gonna join in the phone number's right there whoa went all blurry soon as I said that phone number was right there 818-732-9399 if you want to give me a call let me move let me adjust let me fix and get everything all set up and ready to go I got stories to tell you guys hi Ashley how's it going I gotta get this out of the freaking way. I can't see. I'm gonna put that there for right now. There we go. <clears throat> I got stories to tell you guys. I got some news on an upcoming episode that I think comes out on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Let me uh, check on the data. Hi, Laura. How are you? Uh, that that intro music was by Buzz Lee. Freaking fantastic, Buzz Lee. I swear to God, that guy. I love him. He's the best. Um, <clears throat> Let me find out when I can talk to you guys about this. Let's see real quick. That's right. So I'll be able to talk to you guys about the... Uh, there's going to be an episode coming up on Tuesday. Actually, an episode on Tuesday, not on the weekends, not tomorrow when the next new episode drops, but one coming up on Tuesday as well. The episode that's coming up on Tuesday... I don't know what the hell that was. <clears throat> the episode that's coming up on Tuesday will be with one of the stars of the new show called... Oh my god, I forgot the name of the show. Hold on. It is called... Is it Searching? No, Secret. The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. That's right. I'm going to be interviewing one of the new stars, uh, one of the stars of the new show, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Um, it was a great interview. Very cool guy to talk to. He's an astrophysicist, so you guys can kind of figure out who he is from that. Um... But uh, it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, interview show that's coming up on Tuesday when I'm allowed to talk about it. Um, let me take off my glasses so I can actually read better with these glasses off right now. Hey, Donnie, what's going on? Sarah, it has been a long week. So long, in fact, that I didn't even get to recording the new episode until last night, which means it won't be up until tomorrow. Emily, hey, howdy, hi. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> Please don't have a nervous breakdown, Emily. We're all with you. Oh, show you Stitch. There's Stitch. Right? Hey, look up there. They want to see you, pal. That's right. Stitch is with me on my lap, as always. Donnie, uh, you beat me to it. I'm about to pour myself my Captain and Coke. Todd and Jamie, hi, how are you? And yes, yeah, seriously, Emily, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Ashley... Ashley is 100% right. Thank you so much, Emily, for doing what you're doing. Alisa, hey, howdy, hi. 
Uh, don't go go do your deadline. Don't have to watch me. You know. Um, yeah, I'll I'll be I'll do more. Enjoy. Thank you for stopping by, Alisa. Ali. Yeah, it was very cool to talk to the guy. Um, I've been wanting to go to Skinwalker Ranch for years. Hold on. It does sound kind of cool. Um, I did start early, Todd. I got a couple people that messaged me saying, will you please start now? So I started now. I figured why not, uh, you know, give the fans what they want. Uh, it was only like 10 minutes early. But uh, but yeah, no, Ollie, it was uh, very cool. I, you know, I've wanted to go to Skinwalker Ranch for years. And I can't because it's privately owned. But with what they're doing and what I think the show is going to end up being like, there's a small, you know, small potential that I'll be able to go out there sometime and maybe visit Skinwalker Ranch, which would be incredibly cool for me. Um, Lauren, hey, howdy, hi. Oh, that's right. I forgot you're from Wales, Ollie. Um, <clears throat> thank you for watching. I have no idea what time it is right now for you. I'm so sorry. I should, I should start doing these like at noon so you can watch it, you know, as well. Um, Thank you, Emily. I love Stitch, too. He just walked away real quick. He'll be back. He's bored already of this. <clears throat> Aaron, hey, howdy, hi. Will, yes, hi. Welcome from South Carolina. Hope you guys are doing okay. Um, Elijah, buddy, love you, miss you. I was hoping to hang out with you this weekend. Sorry. <clears throat> not my fault. I'm not sick. Don't worry. I went outside and I was running around with Stitch for a little bit before this, so allergies are going crazy, which is why my face is all red as well. And why Stitch is going nuts right now. Um, Vodka and Rockstar, there you go. Uh, Rodney, Stitch is barking at probably a squirrel in the backyard. <whistles> Stitch, it's cool, pal. I will have to go get him if he continues to bark, but right now he's fine. <clears throat> Oh, what are uh, my friends from Wales? What part are they from? I don't, I don't know. Let me, hold on. Let me see. Let me see if I can tell you. Give me one second. What part of Wales people are from? Um, that's a great question. I don't even know. Um, it doesn't sound real. I remember that. <clears throat> my friends are from the Barry Vale of Glamorgan. That's not a real thing, is it? Uh, apparently they're from the Berry Vale of Glam Glamorgan, Ollie. Midnight. Oh, geez, I'm seriously sorry. Robin, hey, howdy, hi. Randall, hey, what's going on? Oh, cool. Hi, Carrie. Uh, let's see. Sup, dude from... Hey, what's up in El Paso? Hope you're doing good, man. Lauren Ricardo, hi, howdy, hey, howdy, hi. Um, there is, Donnie, you're right. There is a very great documentary on the Skinwalker Ranch on Hulu right now. I watched it before I talked to this guy just so I could make sure I had all my facts straight, even though I had already done an episode about it. Um, it's a really good, really good documentary. I think this show is going to be even better, though. Fingers crossed. Hi, Sarah. <clears throat> no, Jamie, I did not watch that Yeti show yet. So Jamie and Todd told me to watch this Yeti show. I'm going to pull it up so I can tell you guys about it. Um, apparently, I don't have the travel channel, so I am not able to watch uh, Russian Yeti the killer. So I need to download it somehow. I'm sure by some completely legal way. There's no way I would do something illegal and watch it, you know, illegally. 
Uh, wait, what? Ollie, really? You're from the same thing? Hey, Sean Bishop. Hey, howdy. Hi, Sean. How you doing, sir? Um, I didn't know that was even a real place, Ollie. I can't believe that you're from the exact same place as my friend. Uh, his name's Robert. Hopefully, if maybe you know him. If if that's the case, that's crazy cool. What? Stop. No. How about you stop? Nope. 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 No ads. Hold on one second, guys. From the beautiful valley of downtown Burbank. Nowhere near where Art Bell used to broadcast out of. That's right. It is another live episode of uh, Self-Quarantine Paranormal Almanac. Alright, I had to do that for Sean. Um, what am I drinking, Sean? I'm drinking a Captain and Coke. I suggest everybody, highly suggest everybody, to start drinking now, like me... And so we'll see, um, you know, we'll see where we go. See how bad it gets real quick. Um, and it's a strong one, too. So do your best, everybody. Uh, eek, spooks, ayo to you, too. Aaron, yeah, of course. Um, the, the intro music, again, was by Buzz Lee, who's fantastic. There's going to be even more music coming up a little bit later. little spoiler for you guys. But... <clears throat> I got a very cool email that I wanted to read to you guys. So I'm going to start with that before we get to the calls. And it said, For the last 10 years, I've been living in a haunted house. I've seen large objects move on their own. I have felt being touched and thinking someone was there and turned only to find there wasn't anyone. My kids have been choked late at night while they were trying to sleep. That's terrible. I've had non-believers at my house leave as believers. Once an atheist was staying in our house. He didn't believe us when we told him that our house was haunted. He was alone one day at the house. He decided to clean up some to help out and started vacuuming. Clearly, he heard die coming from the master suite. And then he heard slamming behind the closed doors. He saw lights turning off and on and he heard shuffling. It startled him so much. He texted me to see if I was playing some sort of prank. I told him I wasn't and rushed home to see what was going on. Others have been woken up in the night to fingers brushing their cheeks. That's creepy. They wake up and see an apparition standing at the foot of the bed. Guests will often report hearing shuffling around the room in the dark while they're trying to sleep. It, un it unnerves them quite a bit. Well, yeah, that's creepy. <clears throat> Personally, I've been touched, had my hair pulled, had the sheets ripped off me, and have seen things move. Often I question myself if what I saw, felt, or heard actually happened. Once I was home alone for the entire night. This is a very rare occasion. It happened only once where I was completely alone. I was locking up the house around 10 or 11 and heard three loud knocks on my front door. Now this really creeped me out because I wasn't expecting anyone, and it's not normal to have visitors at my house at any hour of the day unless they're invited. I live about 700 feet from the road, and they got to... Uh, and to get onto my property, you'd need, to, you'd need the gate code to enter. If anyone tried to climb the fence, they'd get enough electricity to knock them out. It's very painful as, if I, as I've experienced this. So it's, highly, so it's not highly plausible for people to knock on my door, especially late at night. The knock sounded like police, so I was concerned that something had happened to a family member due to the veracity of the knocking at my door. Though I'm not generally scared when this stuff happens, I was 
very scared this particular night because it really startled me. Really? I just started and my light's going off. I did grab my handgun to go answer the door, figuring if it was the cops, I'd immediately holster my weapon and disarm myself, but not taking any, not taking any chances on it if it was someone with malintent. I know I didn't just imagine it. <clears throat> pardon me. I know I didn't just imagine it because my dogs also responded to the knocking and went out to the front door and waited for me to open it. The odd things about that, though, is my dogs didn't bark. They just went to the front door and sat and waited for me to open it. When I answered the door, no one was there. I would have seen someone driving off, and none of that happened. I let my dogs out to make sure that no one was on my property, as my dog would have quickly found them, and they found no one. What scared me the most about this incident is what I was thinking at that moment, how creepy it would be if someone did knock on my door the moment right before it happened. It was something I thought, and then it did happen immediately after. Now, I'm not a person who assigns very little suspicious, unexplainable events as paranormal. In fact, even though I'm living in a haunted house, I still don't go straight to thinking everything is paranormal when it happens. I look for the organic causes, if they're disturbing enough. There are some things, like having my hair pulled, that really disturb me. Well, yeah. I could not figure it out as an organic cause to that, so I let the entity know that it wasn't okay to pull hair ever, and that would not be tolerated. I went and got the 18-year-old that was staying with us to stay up with me that night. I told them I'd repay them with the McDonald's breakfast if they stayed up with me. We were in my office, which is right off the kitchen. They had a clear line of sight to the kitchen. We both heard the silverware drawer open. It's a very distinct sound. I have an island in the kitchen where the silverware drawer is. We went and checked, and sure enough, each of the drawers in that row had both been opened. I know they were closed before because I cleaned the kitchen very well that night. Alrighty, there's even more. This thing keeps going. It's like three or four pages, but I'm going to stop right there because I just wanted to give you the very beginning of the first paranormal story. I'll get back to that story later on in the night. Let me continue on with the comments here. <clears throat> and thank you, Sean. White Russians. Hell yeah, Aaron. The dude abides. Jameson and soda. Fuck yeah, man. Cuba Libre. I'm loving this. Favorite drink. Yeah, that's a good one. Um... Cheers, everybody. There is not enough alcohol with what's going on. I mean, I hope, again, I hope you guys are doing okay. I hope this gives you just a little break from the insanity or the boredom or whatever is happening out in the world. I wouldn't know. I'm not going out there. Um, oh, you just finished the 100th episode. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. Um, that was a long episode to record and edit and add all the fun stuff and all the stupid stuff. Um, I was really proud of that episode. I'm really happy that you liked it. The 200th episode is going to be twice as long as that. Somehow. I haven't figured it out yet. Ah, there we go. Wine and Fireball? Sure, mix them together. See what happens. Rockstar and Blueberry... Blue Raspberry Vodka? I bet that that'd be good. Um... <laughs> uh, drink the wine, take shots of Fireball, add some decent interval. I like that. Um... Boy, everybody's... Oh, Wagner's here. Yay! All right, so that's Sean, the other Sean, Sean Bishop, that meet, meet Sean Wagner. Very, very cool, very cool person. I really like them quite a bit. Um, uh, Sean, I have not gotten back to you about doing um, a, a reading. I wanted to do it tonight on this episode, and this week just got away from me. The, you know, the work from home stuff is great and all, but it's still a whole lot of work, so it still sucked. There we go. How you doing, pal? Um, so yeah, this week got away from me. 
I will definitely hit you up. I'm not kidding. I really want to get a reading from you. I'd like to do it as part of an episode. I think that would be a lot of fun. Jen, hey, howdy, hi. Teresa's here. I bet it would be delicious, Lauren. I bet you that that sounds good. Um, walking Dead Cab or a local brewery. Oh, I've got a Walking Dead Cab over there. Um, I mean, I'm not a beer person, but it's all you, Ashley. As long as everybody's getting their drink on, relaxing, enjoying life, that's all I can ask for. All righty, so I'm going to open up. He is the best boy, Randall. You're 100% correct. Whoa, come back to me. There we go. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna open up the phone line. So if you guys want to call in, you can call in now. If I don't get a caller, I'll continue with that uh, story that I was just talking about. Because like I said, it's like two more pages of it. It's intense. So turn on. Okay, the phone lines. I think the phone lines are open. If you need to call me, it's eight one eight seven three two nine three nine nine. There's Bigfoot foot. I'll show you that later. Don't worry. Um, uh, Project Blue Book is an amazing show. I have seen it, actually. I actually went to the um, the season premiere party of it um, in Hollywood. A friend of mine invited me. He was press. He got to go. So it was cool to like see it with all the stars right there on stage. It was a lot of fun. I'm drinking on the clock. There you go. <laughs> Oh, um, I didn't realize it took a lot to do a reading, so that's good to know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll I'll contact you prior, Sean, and and we'll figure out how to do a reading and everything. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I really, really do. Okay, the phone lines are open, so I'm gonna stop reading comments. I'm gonna go back to the story. If you guys want to uh, give me a call, you know the number. Now, hold on one second. Where was I? Okay. <clears throat> Another incident happened on August 1st, 2015. I'd gone to bed late that night, early in the morning, around 2 or 3. I remember this date because a spiritualist who came over the following morning. I'd been having quite a difficult time. Hold on one second. There we go, Stitch. There's your blanket. Sorry. I'd been having a difficult time and decided to call someone in to help me. My husband was already fast asleep, but he was having some sort of dreams. I could tell because he was kicking in his, in his sleep and jerking around. I was laying in bed and something grabbed the sheet off of me from the foot of the bed. I was saying my prayers for the night, getting ready to go to sleep when I felt the sheets being slowly pulled off me. It wasn't my husband because I had separate sheets from him. I grabbed my sheet because I was tired and I wanted to go to sleep, so I pulled it back over me. I had to hold onto it tightly because whatever was down there was still trying to pull it off me. I thought it was going to rip out of my hands. At that point, my husband kicked the cat in his sleep. I woke up my husband and asked him what he was dreaming about. He said he dreamt someone was at the foot of our bed and he was trying to kick him off. I asked what he looked like because I was genuinely curious. He said he couldn't see features, but that it was a dark shadow figure. At this point, we both sat up and turned on the lights for a bit and just talked about how strange his dream was that he was having while I was having the sheets pulled off me simultaneously. These are just some of the things I've experienced here. We won't move because we don't. We have a lot of history here. My husband has a lot of stuff, and it's just not a, a lot to move. And it's just a lot to move since it's also a property. We have livestock and large farming equipment. It's just so hard to move this stuff to another similar property. The house was haunted since we've lived here. The previous homeowners didn't say anything about being haunted, 
but they put a lot of money into remodeling the home, but then left shortly afterwards. They just moved out. They said they were retiring. I do hope we can move someday. I also have had a paranormal team come out. Immediately, they got a lot of stuff throughout the home. They got a picture of an apparition upstairs and downstairs like my son described seeing one night. I chose this particular investigation team because they would always look for more organic, organic causes to what has happened in our home and not just attribute unexplained activity to something paranormal. Now that was December, 2011. I fully expected them to come back with rationale and, with, with rational and say everything was fine. I needed them to say this for my kids' sake. My kids were truly scared. At that point, I was not sure what to think. I decided to seek help after my then 17-year-old came downstairs early one morning asking for a prayer of exorcism. He was agnostic at the time and hadn't jumped on the, quote, our house is haunted bandwagon with the other kids. He didn't believe there was much to this world that science couldn't explain. When he came downstairs that morning, he was truly disturbed. I could hear the panic in his voice as he refused to answer my questions. He wouldn't tell me what happened or why we needed an exorcism prayer, just that it was needed. It actually took him a year and being away from the house to tell me what happened that night. He said he was laying in the dark, going off to sleep when the room suddenly got considerably colder. He said that in the corner of his room, an entity started to materialize. He described the entity as being inhumanly tall, that the entity had to bend its head to stand up in the room. He said it was a cloaked shadow figure with even darker eyes. He could not make any features out of this entity aside from the eyes. He said that the entity approached him and uh, started to approach him and that he grabbed a cross that he kept in his nightstand that I'd given him and he began praying. That's when this thing dissipated and the temperature of the room began to turn back to normal. So the paranormal team uh, got two photos of what I believe is that entity. In one of them, it's very clear. They also got a class A EVP while investigating. Okay. One of them seemed pretty hostile towards the investigators. They didn't meet my kids because we were instructed to have everyone out of the house during the investigation, including the animals. One of the EVPs they could not make out because it didn't make any sense to him. They had been in my youngest son's room. They just described his room. The EVP was in response to an investigator asking if someone had shut the door to the bedroom and who did it. The EVP said my son's name, Morgan told us to get out. Now, they didn't know my son's name at the time. There was nothing in my son's room that had his name on it, and they didn't know that I had told my son that he didn't have to be scared of the ghost. He could tell them to get out, which he did often when he was little. After the investigation, the paranormal research team reviewed the evidence they captured with me, and they said they didn't feel like they were going, like they were being hostile more than the ghosts or entities were trying to get our attention. At that point, nothing much was done. That's when I really started to research into the paranormal. There's more to it. I'm going to pause right there. Let me mark a note here so I know where I paused. All right. See what I'm saying? It's a great freaking email. Like, and it keeps going. Like I said, it's not even halfway close to being done here. Ah, Sean Bishop with the, uh, the shout out to the don't fucking shoot Bigfoot. That is correct. Once again, you can buy the patch, Don't Fucking Shoot Bigfoot patch, if you want. That's at Etsy.com, 8BitSpock. Or you can see the incredibly cool shirt that Sean Bishop himself designed for me out of the goodness of his heart. That's over at StoreEnvy.com slash Paranormal Almanac. 
You'll know it when you see it. It's fucking awesome. DFSB. It's so freaking cool. Um, yeah, I agree, Lauren. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna say that one out loud. That's just for the people in the chat room. Uh huh. I'm with you, Ashley. Uh, prayer of exorcism. Nope. Yep. I agree completely. Nope. Ian, hey, how you doing, Ian? Um, Randall, I'm not even kidding. Um, the don't fucking shoot Bigfoot shirt is awesome. In what three days, April first or whatever it is, I get to do my discount for a shirt. So uh, I'm gonna buy a shirt. I'm gonna buy the DFSB shirt because I haven't had a chance to buy one yet. Um, yeah, I gotta buy my own merch. I don't care. I'll buy it gladly so I could wear that shirt. And then thankfully, um, Lauren, my friend Lauren, eight bit Spock, was nice enough to give me the patches so I can put that on a jacket. That's oh, getting a call. Hold please. Caller, you're on the air. Hi, who's this? It's Sean Wagner. Hey, Sean. Oh, God, there's someone at the door, too? Hold on, Sean. Don't don't move. There's someone at the door. Come yeah. Uh, hold on one second. This is odd. Let's see. What did I get? Uh, I don't know. What laundry detergent. I never have to yet? leave. Finally, I never have to leave the house again. Um, sorry, I didn't wow, realize I was getting that today. Uh, hi, Sean. How are you? Good. What the hell did you just get? Uh, just a giant thing of uh, laundry detergent, you know, as you do. Oh, so now you never have to leave. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm never, I don't want to ever leave. This is the plan. Never leave the house. I mean, but then you'll never be able to meet the rest of us who like actually want to like talk to you and see you in real life and stuff. All right, that's a good point. So, I, I won't. I don't want to leave the house until point. yeah, until this all blows over. Then I want to hang out with every one of you guys. Yeah, but I give it like an extra month after that because you know everyone's got the corona now. <laughs> that is true. It is getting bad out there. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, in regards to story time, because we all love story time, um, we were actually discussing which ones we were going to tell you, like, today. So we're trying to keep it very different with each story instead of telling you all the same times at once. So for this one, um, are you familiar with the Pine Barrens in New Jersey? I am, actually, yeah. Wait, in the Pine Barrens? Have you ever... They have something to do. There's, like, a big paranormal story that's connected with the Pine Barrens. Yeah, usually it's the Jersey Devil. That's um, it. Yep. Unfortunately, I have never seen the Jersey Devil, which makes me sad. Um, but we used to go there quite a bit. And actually, until, other than going now as an adult, um, I like I, I told you before, my, my stepmother and her side of the family, they're all pagan. Uh, my stepmother is a self-proclaimed Italian green witch. So she's very, very into the occult and all that. So we actually, they had an event, this was back when I was probably about 15 or 16, and with the Tri-State Pagans Board between New Jersey, New York, and PA, um, my stepmother was one of the high priestesses from there, um, they actually had a celebration for Beltane in the Pine Barrens, so it was, 
you know, around Easter, basically. And my sister, this is more so her story, but I was there for it, and everyone else agrees it happened, so I figured I'd give a little for that. She saw one of those creepy ghost children in the woods. Wait, really? Yeah, what ended up happening is, so my sister, my stepsister, she's the same age as I am, so we're both about 16 at the time. And the pine barrens where we were, there's, I mean, there's no dirt. It's kind of sand out there. It's it's weird. Um, so we had, there was a, a tent and some vendors. There was a bunch of people, like at least 50 or more, um, all celebrating Beltane. And the kids all wanted to go out and kind of wander on their own. And we were going to take, my sister's very maternal, so she was actually helping take the younger kids, you know, between 5 and 10, on like a little hiking trail through the Pine Barrens, but close enough to camp that no one would get lost. Okay, good. When she was, yeah, when she was going with them, um, apparently what she thought she saw one of the little girls break away from the group and kind of wander off on her own. There was a fallen tree. Uh, that the kid jumped over and, like, tried to run down in further deep into the woods where you wouldn't be able to see the camp or anything. So my sister, you know, trying to be a good person, chases after her. She goes, you know, hang on, I'll be back with the group in a minute. You guys all stay here. We'll follow, uh, I think it was, like, Mike or Anthony back to the, the main campsite. So she goes after this kid. And uh, apparently she jumped over the same log trying to find this little girl who she said had long blonde hair, was kind of in almost like an off-blue, like, white dress, which is weird. It seems to be like that's the theme with these creepy little girls. They're always in a long, white dress with long blonde hair. Oh, yeah. Um, she chases, and she chased after her. The little girl disappeared, and as she jumped over the, the log, my sister actually snapped her leg and had to get... Uh, uh, the Pine Barrens are about Holy two and a half hours out in the middle of nowhere, so there's no hospital nearby. So my stepmother, you know, we packed her up, tried to splint her leg, get her in the car, and immediately just book it down the highway um, in her Chrysler 300, racing with a cop to the hospital. But this little girl never even existed. She checked with the parents and stuff and said, hey, you know, when she got back, she's like, I, I don't know where this kid went, and I can't move, I'm hurt. And nobody had that little girl. That little girl did not exist. What the hell? And the other kids in the group thought they saw her, too. I was just going to ask and that. Did anybody else see her? Like all... Yeah, um, apparently Anthony, the other um, teenager, he was like 17 or 18 in the group. He was with them. It was him, Maggie, and someone else were the adults, or a more adult in the group walking with these kids, and everyone saw this little girl run off. Everyone saw her. There was at least five or six little kids, and then two other teenagers with my sister, so they all saw this little girl run off into the woods, and she chased after her, and she didn't even exist. No one knew who the hell she was. No one ever saw her. There were no other campers out there, because the Pine Barrens have very specific areas that you are allowed to, because it's right next to Fort Dix. Sure. So you can't go for, you can't go in the whole thing it just wasn't allowed it still isn't like they'll have a park ranger come flag you down and either arrest you or shoo you out of the park so 
Normally, that I'd was, be like... That was that strange thing of the night. Oh, God, yeah. Normally, I'd be like, you got to go back there and check out for a kid. But considering that they snapped their leg, no, you don't have to go back there. Leave, yeah. leave the kid in the Pine Barrens. That's crazy. Yeah, she 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 snapped her ankle and her, um, like, right where her shin is. That oh. was a complete, like, clean break when she got over the log. And my sister is a gymnast. Like, she does stuff like that constantly. That was strange that that even happened um, I, I assume you mean she was, I, was, I assume you mean since she's she, a gymnast she chases after ghost children through the Pines Barren often I, so, no, yeah of course yeah of course, oh, yeah. Well, that makes know, sense. Normal. but the weird thing is <laughs> this was kind of broad daylight or like just about twilight hour around five or six when the sun was just barely going down and so it was you know broad day like a lot of people say they see the kids at night and stuff but this was broad day and the other thing is, as an adult, uh, David and I have gone back a couple times, and depending on what time of day you go, you get a different vibe, but you always, no matter what you're doing, even if you don't believe in it out there, you, you always feel like you're being watched by something. Um, nope. We've seen some shadow creatures out there before, but the little girl one, that was really prominent. I mean, I wasn't personally in the group to physically see her myself, but given that everyone came back kind of freaking out, like, we don't know what the hell happened. There's a little girl, and there's no little girl. <laughs> so, now, did your sister, is she a believer? Is she a skeptic? What would you call her? Um, She believes. She She's dealt with, uh, she normally sees the little kid ones. Um, the only other full-body apparition kind of creature she's seen has been that my... Uh, my stepmother and my father's house, uh, when they first moved in, when she was about five or six, there was apparently a little boy in her room that was crying in the corner, and she asked, she's like, oh, what's the matter? Are you, are you sad that you have to leave? You know, I don't want to move here either. I like my house, blah, blah, blah. And the kid turned around very angrily, black-eyed child and everything, turned and looked at her and said, no, this is my house. You have to get out, and then rushed her and disappeared. Like, it went through her and disappeared as it kind right. of... It went, through her body, apparently. It went, but she was like six, so we don't really know how feasible that is, but she came running down the stairs screaming. The black-eyed child went through her? Yeah. Like, Holy it, crap. It, like, it was a little boy with a bowl cut. He had, she said he had a little bowl cut. Um, he didn't look like he was an older kind of black-eyed child. He looked like he was appropriate for that time, like a normal kid. Uh, red flannel shirt, blue jeans, um... I don't think he was wearing shoes. He might have had socks on, but that was what she told us when she came running down the stairs, freaking out. Well, and rightfully so. And a six-year-old's not going to make up, well, shouldn't make it, be making up a black-eyed child. Like, I can see them making up yeah, a ghost. Yeah, and, or... and that, one, that one kind of consistently stayed in that bedroom. Like, whatever that thing was seemed to stay in that room. Um, I remember we were, when I moved in with my father and them, my sister Maggie and I, we shared a room. She's the one that's my age that had the leg snap and the black-eyed kid. And we watched, like, you know the old school textbooks that are like 500 pounds for no reason that we used to have in school? Oh, God, yeah. One of those, yeah, one of those pulled out from the bookshelf. Like, you watched it being pulled out from the top bookshelf. And she looked up, she was getting something from her dresser. She goes, oh, crap. And the book just dropped <laughs> on her head. Like, this thing is constantly going after her. Holy But she crap. knew, like, she got used to it as time got, got on, and that seemed to be the only uh, main thing, and then she saw the little girl in the Pine Barrens, and I don't know if she's, you know, still like that now. We don't really talk. She moved to Florida, so... 
that from what I remember, everyone in that family, other than my father, they were all very avid believers. They were brought up around it. Um, I can't blame her for moving away. I mean, like, I'd move away. I mean, that's just like a normal thing. I can't blame her at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we did some some light research on the house. I mean, I'm sure my stepmother knows more, but the house was built in 1910. It's a very old barn-style house in an older neighborhood. Um, So, I mean, it could be that it is haunted. I mean, I know that they accidentally brought back another one from a cemetery. My stepmother does ancestry, but she goes and takes pictures of grave sites to send to people. And she did accidentally bring home a, well, a ghost. And he kind of just lives upstairs in the attic and walks around and occasionally messes with the electricity and water. But he, he seems very harmless. And um, I forget what his last name is, but they actually researched him because she said that... Um, the cemetery with my sister they're looking at some graves they're taking pictures and she got a really weird vibe and went over to this one that's kind of in the back is an older cemetery it was under a tree the tree branch swung back and smacked her and she's like okay well i'm out well yeah and when they and then when they got home they started noticing it sounded like my dad was in the attic there's no floor in the attic it's kind of just um it's just the fiberglass yeah. stuff, and then you have to walk across really, really thin boards and hope you don't fall. Yeah, that's like So there's no way yeah. someone could be walking up there. There's no floor. And we hear him walking around, and then my sister Shauna, uh, the older one, said that she saw a full-body apparition, described what he looked like. I don't remember. I wasn't there for it. But when they did the research, they went back to that same grave because my stepmother had kind of that feeling like I know who it is. They researched it, did ancestry, looked up photos, and the description my sister gave matched exactly what the young man looked like. And the weird thing is is that his wife, who he was buried next to, looked exactly like my sister Shauna, but like older timey. Oh wow. So it was kinda of like maybe maybe he thought that that was her and decided sure. to come home with us and now he just lives in the house. Oh, sure. Actually, the episode that, <laughs> the episode that comes out tomorrow is uh, it's all about Ireland. It's an, It was supposed to come out around St. Patrick's Day. Obviously, that didn't happen because the world went crazy. But um, still in March, so it still counts. Uh, but one of the stories yeah. is about um, a family uh, escaping Ireland. little spoiler for the next episode. A family's escaping Ireland to get away from a poltergeist and the poltergeist continued on the ship over to America, and then when they were in America, and never went away. So that kind of stuff where they come yep. over from the motherland happens, you know, fairly often. Well, this is awesome. Thank you so much for calling, obviously, again. Yeah, absolutely. As and, always. I mean, if you want, just so that way we don't end up over-tying up your phone lines, but you still get another story. Um, David's here if you wanted to talk to him really quick, and then sure. we'll get out of your hair sure. so you do what other All right. people on. But All right, pass yeah, the phone off to David. Pass the, no, no, this is awesome. Pass the phone off to David. I'm going to go grab some more ice. I'll be back in like 10 seconds. I don't have to play the music yet, Buzz. Okay, yeah, go grab the ice. I'll be back in a second. No
I'm back. I just dropped all the ice. I'm, uh, uh that's all right, man. <laughs> because I'm stocking up for the end of the world, everything fell out of the, uh, the freezer. Oh, that's all right, man. All right. David, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, I've been just kind of like hanging in there. Hey, that's all you can do at this point. So I'm, I'm happy yeah. that you're, uh, I'm happy that you're still here. I'm happy that you're calling. Happy that I'm talking to you. Oh, same, same with you, man. <laughs> same with you. Definitely. It, it's good to hear from you. All right, so um, now you get a one-up the last story. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I, when she told me about that story, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really weird. And then when we went there, um, the weird thing about it was um, we got there, and I didn't really have too much expectations. I was just like, okay, it's probably going to be like, you know, kind of like a hiking trail. I kinda, at first, I kind of had a little bit of a skeptical you know, I wanted to look into it and try to, like, say, okay, maybe it's just, like, an average place. But you actually do get, like, vibes from it. It's like, it's so weird. And um, uh, I don't know if you mentioned it, but there's, um, there's a, I guess, a road, like, road that you go down. And um, there's a road that you go down in that area, in the Pine Bird, that um, the trees, they're extremely tall, but they don't have... Um, like, uh, basically, they don't really have a lot of uh, greenery around. It's pretty much just dry, giant, long, tall trees. The trees are ridiculously tall. And um, you just keep going down, and then there's a certain turn you make, and you end up at an abandoned um, an, an abandoned town it's called Friendship. Oh, very cool. And it's got to be like, yeah, no, it's, it's got to be like the creepiest like, little area because all you see there is like there's... It looks like it's just like building foundations and little areas like that, and it, it's it's really creepy, like going there, and you kind of get a vibe from there too. But yeah, no, I, I figured I'd let you know because I don't know for sure whether she mentioned it. No, no, I, hey, um, look, any backstory is always good, so you know that's perfect. Thank oh yeah, you. no, no, I yeah, yeah, I I really kind of like looked into it and said, oh okay, yeah, that that's that's really creepy when we got there. <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, and of course, you know, just like every standard like area in the country, you get your Crybaby Bridge. And it's, I mean, for me, like I kind of, it, it just felt weird, just that location in general, just because, like she said, it's it's a long ways out. Like you're you're far from like no reception at all. You you, you have nothing there, and then you get to the bridge, and um, it's it's kind of ha- it has um what is it? There's a there's a cranberry um, what was it called? Uh, uh, I think it was ocean spray. I think or cranberry. It's it's like sure. the cranberry uh, distillery there. Sure. And um, and they they make it seem like oh you know like yeah that's the blood and it's it's not really blood guys it's just um, <laughs> it's just the iron in the water and cranberries because there's a cranberry factory that was there. See, that's, that's debunking. So in a way, we debunked it, and I was like, all right, point for me. <laughs> I like that. No, I hate any debunking I love. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I called. I guess she put me on the phone uh, to let you know more about uh, some of the stories that I was going to tell you, and um, I wanted to actually talk to you specifically about my, uh, I guess, my premonition stories. Oh, please. I'd like to hear premonition because stories. Those, 
Yeah, those were those were kind of weird. Like I started off with them, and like lately it hasn't been as um, as active. Hold on. But when I did have them, they were crazy. Wait, wait. So you've had more than one premonition? Like you make it sound like this is a oh, regular yeah. thing. It, it was, but it's kind of like kind of simmered down now as I got older. All right, I don't yeah. know whether or not it's something that's deactivated in my. I don't know. Like I, it just kind of like sometimes I'll get like little I like, not necessarily thoughts, but like kind of images and dreams, and they'll have like symbolism. But I don't, I don't really put too much into that. I kind of like the dreams that I had before that were premonitions were actual premonitions. Okay, like legit. What age? What age did they start at? Um. I want to say around maybe like probably preteen, like ah, all right, that makes sense. Uh, like eleven, maybe twelve, yep. and then like it started getting stronger and stronger, and then it started to fade. So, so I'm, I'm uh, gonna guess, Stitch, it's cool, buddy. It's just the ice melting. I'm gonna guess that <laughs> um, right around when puberty was stopping, the premonition started fading. No, actually, no. Oh. Surprisingly, um. It, it kind of like dwindled, but it still was there. Like it, it sort of kind of um, it would uh either be like months out, so like I'd have the dream, and then months later it would happen. As opposed to when I was younger. When I was younger, like I I went through like all of middle school and had premonitions like almost every night, which is kind of like ridiculous. Like I didn't even want to believe it myself, and I didn't know whether like I wanted to try to debunk it myself while I was in middle school and think like, okay, maybe this is just made up. But I'd actually remember hearing people talking and like, I remember, um, there was this new kid in my, in my class in like, I think eighth grade. And I told them, I explained to them like, look, like, you know, I you knew like, Hey, how's it going? And we started talking about stuff and then he started getting into paranormal stuff. And I explained to him like, look, like I don't want to do anything, but I know what you're going to say. And I literally told him exactly what he was going to say before he said it, oh. and he freaked out. <laughs> All right, so there is some corroboration with these with these premonitions. Were they were they anything major, or were they all like little things like that, oh, no, like, like I, glitch in the I, matrix? I've had no, no, I've had I've had major ones. Like um, the uh, the first one I had that was major was when I was in high school. I was a junior, and I. Um, I predicted one of my uh, one of my friends' deaths, which was really scary. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. Um, he was a senior, and um, we went to the same class together. Um, I had a dream that I was basically it was like a first person point of view. So I was in the car driving, and um, I was driving over the bridge. I had three of my friends. One of them was my I, like, I guess I felt like I was related to him and, um, I drove over this bridge and as I get to the top of the bridge, there was this bright light that like completely covered everything. And then the dream fades and now I'm walking around the, the school halls, like the hallways, and I go towards this locker and I see at this locker, there's, um, there's a kind of a poster of like a space shuttle going up yeah. and there's a girl crying in front of the locker. Yeah, this is the important part. Then I I walk, I look at her and I'm like, what's going on? Like, I felt kind of like, like really, really negative energy, just really sad. And I, 
I walked past her, but I remembered that specifically. So then, you know, I felt like maybe, maybe it's him because I knew where his locker was around, but I didn't know for sure because I didn't, I didn't always pay attention to where he was going. I kind of just like saw him hang out around that area every once in a while. So a couple of days passed and I'm like, okay, maybe it is him. I wanted to tell him, but I didn't know for sure how he would take that. I didn't know that he'd be like, oh, you're just crazy. You know, you're just making things up in your head. Sure. So I didn't. I felt guilty after that because, you know, um, he ended up. Uh, I I remember it was the height of March, and um, there was a mall that that was around this area that he went to on the height of March, and you know I didn't I didn't know any of this information until the not that was a Friday that he went. Um, I didn't know any of the information until Monday, when I actually heard what happened that he actually did pass away, that he did die. How, may and, I ask um, how he died? Yeah, he, he died on the Ides of March, on a Friday. And um, I, I remember going towards the locker, and I saw the girl. And I saw the poster, and everything was identical to the dream. And the way that he died was he, um, he was driving with his... Um, his brother in the passenger side and um, two of his friends in the back. And he drove over this bridge and got into a car accident and his car veered off the bridge. Oh, jeez. So I saw everything that happened in glimpses. Did you see the I Did you see the car crash and the bridge and every every step of it? I, I, the thing is, I only got up to going up the bridge. After that, like, I saw a white light, like, high beams. Like glaring at my face and then that's when the dream faded went to me being me and walking through the halls and seeing the girl on the poster now let me ask you did you see it from the driver's perspective like you were the driver yes wow yes i was at the time in the beginning i was the driver wow so i drove and he was the driver so that's the really weird part about that and it was it was kind of like Oh, that that really like you know, I, it kind of messed up my head a bit because I didn't know that that was going to happen, and I didn't really like. I I used to have those kind of things, but it was mostly towards me, towards myself. Sure. Well, that was how, that's what I was going to ask you is how did that make you feel? Like, I'm sure you felt like oh, I, oh, felt, I should have stopped I felt it. Guilty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be guilt involved in that. There's no way you could have mm-hmm. known that that was actually going to happen, but there's still going to be exactly. some residual guilt about that. That's rough, man. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, um, and then, wait, wait, hold on. Just in case you're not reading yeah. all of the messages, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that know exactly what you're talking about. Giovanni says he mm-hmm. relates exactly, knows what you're talking about. He's had them. Richard said he had the same. Lauren said that used to happen to her in middle school as well. Um, oh, yeah. And then they say, and, and Richard actually says it still happens to me, but it's far out. So, but, you know, slightly forgettable. Yeah, that's what. That's that's what's been happening to me. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so I mean, people are people are com- connecting to you a lot with, and it seems to be a thing where definitely it's it's it went from an immediate thing to as you're getting older, it's you know getting farther and farther out. Sorry, go ahead. I just had to tell oh, you that. Yeah, no, no, I can't. It's like no, no, I I can't read the comments because I'm on the phone here. <laughs> that's what I figured. That's what I figured. But, um, I wanted to throw that in. Yeah. But yeah, thank you, thank you, because I I would have never like I probably would have looked back and been like, oh man, like. 
yep. all these people, and I didn't get in contact with them. <laughs> but um, I've had that happen. I, and what was weird, this is the thing that really bothered me about it. As it started fading, I I only had two more dreams, two more death dreams that actually happened. Like other dreams weren't like death involved. Like there was no death related. Hold on, hold on a second. Like, hold, hold on one second. Hey guys, this right here. I don't know if you guys just watched that. My TV just turned on. This. Sorry. The the TV was <laughs> the TV Sorry. was off this entire time, and my TV just turned on. I just saw something in the in, behind me on the the screen. It's my TV turning on. Hold on Sorry. one second. I'm gonna turn my TV off again. I want to see if that happens again. So, uh, you guys can watch the video back. The TV was off, and now it's on. Hold on one second. Okay, okay. All right, go, go, go. I didn't mean to stop you. I just had to no. see that. No, it's okay. So it's probably Sean. It's probably Sean and I. Because <laughs> we're both here. I think it's, I, I think I it's you. I think it's you now. It only happens when Sean's here, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the other dream that I had was actually a really close friend of mine. Because the, the first dream I had was kind of a friend that was an acquaintance, but he was also a schoolmate. So it's like, okay, like, it's... He didn't have as much of a connection. We had a small connection, but it wasn't big. The next one I had was a big one, and it wasn't it wasn't a long dream. So I mean that cuts to the chase. Um, so my my friend and I, I I ended up moving to Florida, and my friend used to like try to get me get in contact with me and say, oh you should move back, you should move back. So he ended up dying. Um, I believe it was. I want to say it was the. It was a week after, because I had a, a flight Friday the 13th to come back to um, New Jersey. And um, I, I talked to him briefly on a Tuesday, and then he died, I believe, the Thursday or Friday after that. And I had a dream about that death about a month or two before that. And I was in Florida. So I wasn't in the vicinity. I was in Florida. And um, that dream, I was basically, it was another first-person one, where I was underground. Like, I was six feet under. I was in the casket. And I looked up, and I saw both of his parents. And, you know, they were they were crying. They were, they were you know, mourning. And then that's it. That's all I got from that dream. All right, so... So that one's that one's. I didn't put two and two together because I thought maybe it's someone like oh it could have been so it could have been anyone that his family was related to, but it was kind of like giving me the idea. I just at that point I was just I didn't want to jump the gun and say oh yes this happened and that's it you know. No, that's all right. Like, so I didn't, I didn't want to jump the gun to tell them because I didn't know for sure whether it was going to be true or not. Because sure, sometimes and... you get that feeling and sometimes you don't. But when you do, it's strong, and you you almost feel like a panic to tell someone. Well, sure, and if you do tell them, and then nothing happens, you're just the weirdo that's you know scaring him for no exactly. fucking reason. So I can get behind that. Exactly. Now hold on a second. <laughs> Ali has a great question. Ali, I'm giving full credit to this because this is a freaking great question. Are these premonitions dreams or a kind of time travel? And I can get behind what he's saying because it does seem like you're mm-hmm. seeing things before it happens. Like a time traveler yep. would, 
What do you think? It, it does. It does feel like kind of like a mixture almost because I am in sleep mode. Like I actually am asleep. Sure. But but the thing is, in the dream, it feels real. So it almost feels like it could have been that. It could have been time travel. Like I, I I'm not I'm not opposed to say that it it, it wasn't. What are your feelings? What are your feelings about, uh, I was going to ask about astral projection. That's funny. What are your feelings about astral projection? And I'm going to throw something else in there. And what are your feelings about glitch in the matrix? That's that too. That too. That, that is that glitch in the matrix could very well explain the deja vu thing. Okay, perfect. Which that, in, in a way kind of, you know, that was going to be the next question. Ali asked, ask this guy if he gets mm-hmm. much deja vu. So, Go ahead. Oh, yeah. It used to happen all the time. It still kind of does. But now it's more like... I almost feel like now it kind of feels like the deja vu becomes a thing where it's like, okay, now I'm prepared for what's going to happen next if it does. If it doesn't, okay. Let let bygones be bygones. Okay, well, then let me ask you this. So now that you know that these things can come true, what is your mindset now when you have a premonition about somebody are you more inclined right. to, to tell them, or are you still kind of keeping it close and that's to the chest? Was, that's exactly where I was getting with the third one. The third one I actually had was the sister that um, I remember, I think, uh, Wagner told you about, that she passed away. Yeah. I actually dreamt about it, but here's the thing. I couldn't get in contact with her. Oh, crap. Because she, okay, so she had a lot of issues, like... Um, she was supposed to move in with me when I moved to Florida because I moved twice. I, the first time was with my, my friend, so I'm guessing I should move to Florida entirely. <laughs> but um, uh, the second time that I moved back to Florida, I was trying to just stay there permanently, and I was going to have her move in with me. Now, while I was there, I also had, um, I had a premonition of her, but that was actually closer to what had happened. And she, she had issues. She had a lot of um, drug issues. And it started building up and getting worse. And I actually did want her to move in with me so she can go to rehab, get everything taken care of. Sure. And um, she she wanted to move, too, because she felt like she wanted to get out of the negativity that she was around. And it just it didn't happen. Like, I, I dreamt that, and this one was kind of more, it wasn't first person for this one. For this one, it was more, I heard her kind of like calling my name, like to try to like, almost screaming for help. Okay. But I didn't see anything. It was it was all dark. I heard that. And then, like the dream kind of like, the audio in the dream kind of like, changed a little. And I heard my entire family like bawling and crying. And then from there, I, um, my eyes opened and I saw her and I saw her like, you know, at the morgue because they, they let my family see her before, you know, they had to be go through the wake and everything. I'm so and sorry. And everything was exactly like that when it happened. Why do you... I, I, first of all, I'm very sorry that, that you you had a premonition and that and that even happened. But um, why do you think... Do you have an, a, an idea of why you, it wasn't first person on that one? That, to me, honestly, I don't know for sure. And I have questioned that before. But I feel more like it's more oriented with my family, and that that might be why it wasn't first person. Because the the ones that I had that were first person were close friends. They weren't they weren't of like my family. So sure. I'm guessing that that could have been the case. 
and I just wasn't able to see it through her eyes. Because my, my family, like my um, my family has a rich bloodline in in this kind of stuff. Like this this stuff is, is pretty strong in my family. My I'm I'm Cuban and a lot of the stuff that happens is just insane. Like what? um she I'm sure that uh Sean told you about the deer. There's birds. Yeah. Like oh yeah, yeah, no, the deer story is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So Richard has a mm-hmm. question. Um do you um do, Stitch, come on, pal. Do you say stuff? Sorry, that, Stitch. <laughs> do you say stuff that people are thinking? Often? Um, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it happens. It ha- no, what happens is I feel like I can sort of. Um, I don't know for sure whether I'm going to say that it's me debunking this or whether or not it actually is just me being able to know what they're going to say or synchronicity. Like Sean was just saying, okay. it could be synchronicity because I actually wanted to tell you before um, before any of the stories. Um, Sean and I were driving, and um, we we do um, I do Uber Eats, so I'm delivering. So I I'm you know I'm allowed to go around the road for until like about like eight o'clock when everything closes. Sure. This was two days. This was two days ago that this happened. Um, we drove, and we just got finished with an order. I started driving. And these two cars came from right next to me. One of them was a, a like a silver Nissan, a gray Nissan, and the other one was a black Tacoma, like an older style black Tacoma. And they both got into an accident right next to me. Like they were about to, like the black truck was about to spin into my car. And right then and there, normally people have like a slowdown reaction, but this time I didn't have a slowdown reaction at all. I actually was extremely calm and just normal about it and yep. just kind of moved my car away from the accident entirely. Yep, I've had and, that I've had that as well. And that to me, like the timing of that couldn't have been better because it literally like it if I was two seconds later, that truck would have hit me and I would have swerved all over the place. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, I've had, all right. So that I've had, but I, I, I attribute that to uh, a friend of mine that passed away. I was driving to, mm-hmm. I was driving to San Diego with another friend and an accident happened directly in front of us. Multiple car accident wow. happened directly in front of us that there's no way that I should have been able to get through the accident. But I, Obviously, I was just, I stayed calm. I was told to kind of sleep, veer to the right, kind of veer to the left, kind of go straight. And I went completely around the accident. And it was like it was happening. And it not like it, not like it was. It literally was happening around us and over my car. Pieces of car were flying over my car, but none wow. of it hit me. That's, and we went right through. And I 100% attribute that to a friend of mine that had just passed away. So I get that feeling yeah, that you amazing. mean of that 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 and it's I'm not real. And I'm sorry to hear about your friend. Oh, thank you. But yeah, it's not it's not real. I get what you mean by that. Like all of a sudden, it's like something kind of taking over and telling you where to go and telling you how to avoid this accident. So yeah, that yeah, I understand. No, it it yeah. definitely felt like that. Like kind of like just a normal. It felt normal to me. Sure. But like I didn't swerve. I didn't really swerve at all. Like it wasn't like I did a fishtail. It kind of just was like, okay, I'm going to turn a little to the left. And then a little to the right, and that's it. Yep, I can get and I avoided that. the entire thing. And the the other car actually crashed into one of the uh, light posts. It took it out. That that. So I mean, I 
I saved, I saved myself from that one and, and definitely saved her from it. Because it, it, definitely, it definitely would have hit her, and I was like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. Carrie was saying the same thing. The same thing happened to her. Or them, I'll say them. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't want to be, you know, genderist. Uh, the same thing happened to them when a ladder fell off a utility truck on the I-5 in December. Um, and and Todd was like, "Yeah, I remember when you told us what happened." That because I told Todd immediately when I met him down in San Diego, he was down there, and I was like, "Man, this accident happened over and around me. It was absolutely insane." Carrie was saying, "I heard a weird voice in my head a few seconds before that screamed, get over two lanes.'" And in fact, um, it's interesting. Her is fine. Thank you, Carrie. Sorry, I didn't want to thank you. I appreciate that. Um, um, Carrie, was, she was saying that, um, you know, I heard a voice say to get over two lanes. And I have I did research about near-death experiences for a future episode. And there are a ton of stories. There was, a, there was an actor from this TV show in the 60s or 70s called Family Affair that swore that one of the actors that they were with in that show that had long since passed away, told them to get down and literally pulled them down and the car hit, you know, hit and rolled. Had they not leaned over, they would have been decapitated. So it does seem to be like something is looking out for us, whether it's your guardian angel or a friend that passed away or, or a premonition of some sort, but there does seem to be something that connects together that, um, yeah, it's, Richard's right. It's like Final Destination stuff. You're seeing it, you're slowing down, then you're seeing it again. Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a great way of saying it, Richard. Um, I I actually, um, I actually also had an incident the same kind of incident, like with a car, the car that I had before this, because I had, I lived in Tennessee and I, I was driving to um, Sean's job. I had to go drop something off and I, the roads were kind of icy and this, and this situation, I kind of had everything slow down completely because I drove into a ditch. And when I had my car towed out, they said if I was just two centimeters off to the left, my car would have flipped. Holy crap. But everything, everything slowed down, and I kind of, like, just feared. I kept trying to, like, normally people tell you to just let go of the wheel. That's not always, that's not always the case. Um, sometimes you have to kind of move it just a little bit in order to save yourself. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, you're you're 100 percent right. The, car, the undercarriage of the car was completely shredded by um, barbed wire, Jesus. and the passenger side too. And um, I I drove it straight down the ditch, and while I was going down the ditch, everything started going back to normal time. And yeah. I I just pushed as hard as I could on the brake, and then I um I pulled my parking brake up, and the car came to a stop. And I said, "Oh, that's Jesus. really." <laughs> That is. But I didn't have a scratch on me, and um, Sean had a. Apparently, she made a, a protection amulet, uh, like a protection mojo bag, and yeah. she kept it in my car, so it, it protects the driver, not the vehicle. That's what she's saying. And that's, good on that's Sean. Pretty much what happened. Good on Sean. Holy crap! Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> thank you so. Thank you so so much. I'm gonna have to take a break because Stitch needs to go outside and go potty. But thank you so no so much for calling. Thank you guys you. are the best always. I love I love your calls. Hold on. I love calling. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. All right, guys. I'll be right back. Enjoy this music by Buzz Lee as I take a quick break.
Alrighty, we are back. Thank you guys so much for taking that break for uh, Stitch and I. Um, seriously, I could do... Oh crap, wait for the camera to focus. I could do an entire call-in show with just them two. They have the most amazing stories ever. Um, yeah, yeah, slow motion car crash is exactly right. Um, Todd, I'm not sure. It might have been the same time that you guys saw the uh, Cheshire Grinning Man. The Cheshire Man. I'm not sure. It might have been. Um, Lauren was with me in the car. I, I don't know if it was or not. Um, absolutely great call. Thank you guys so, so much. Giovanni, what do I think caused premonitions? I really think it's a... And I'm with Lauren McCune on this one. I don't like it, but I really think it is a glitch in the matrix kind of a thing. Um, there's a story, and I can't I can't think of... I'll, I'll just cut it down to as quickly as much as I can remember. There's a story of somebody who said that they once they learned how to, they could read the entire timeline like a book. They could flip forward and read forward. They could flip backwards and read backwards. No, it wasn't Nostradamus. Um... But that that time is all it all happens at the exact same time, and it's just a matter of turning to the right page to see what's going to happen at that time. And I think I'm kind of on board with that because it does seem there's been many times like a lot of you you saw it in the comments a lot of you said that um, you've had that same kind of experience that same kind of premonition. We can all tap into it to a certain degree. Some of us better than others, obviously. But everybody seems to tap into it. So, um, so yeah, I totally agree. But, um, but yeah, thank you again to Buzz Lee for that freaking awesome music. There's another song coming up on the next break. The next break will probably be me because I'm now too deep into the uh, Captain and Cokes. But um, I agree, Ali. It feels like the opening from an 80s movie, and I fucking love it. Buzz just said, hey, do you want some music while you take breaks? And I said, well, yeah, of course. And then knocked it out of the park with that, like, like that, like instantly. Um, oh, Buzz is here. Hey, Buzz. Thank you, sir, for that freaking amazing music. Are you kidding? Thank you for playing my music. No, thank you for making that music. Um, no, 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 Sean. There was no rambling. It was fantastic. That was a great call. Both of you are always fantastic. Heidi Ho Allen. Hey, um... The Cheshire Demon story, Giovanni, you're right. It's in, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a very, very early, early episode of, of Paranormal Almanac with Todd and Jamie. Second episode, maybe? Somewhere somewhere that back in there. Um, that Todd and Jamie saw this Cheshire Demon, and it is... Yes, I know Amazon. My package was delivered. Go away. Uh, that, yes, that that this that Todd and Jamie had an experience with the Cheshire Demon, is what, what they called him. What is odd is since that episode... People have been calling things the Cheshire Demon. I never heard of it prior, I don't think. Todd, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys are on here. Todd and Jamie are on here. But um, since then, a lot of people have been talking about a Cheshire Demon, which I always think is interesting to see. Was Todd just the first one that talked about it publicly and that I know of? Or is this a thing that's always happened? Um... Oh, no, Buzz's music, Jin, you're right, is so awesome. Absolutely love it. Ashley, thank you, is so awesome. Buzz, awesome. Yeah, uh, Sean says it as well. Uh, yes, Richard Rum and Coke. Um, I'm not on YouTube as well, Richard, because 
I think going to YouTube is what brought in... I don't want to mention it. Brought in the bullshit that I cut out of the last episode. So if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you're better off for it. You people on here, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to stay to here because so far it's been so much better. So, so much better. Um, no, yeah, Jamie's saying, no, we never heard of the Cheshire Demon before that as well. So I really think that that Todd and Jamie coined the term Cheshire Demon, and now it's a thing. Now it's, now it's a regular thing. But, uh, but yes, so, um, oh my God, has it already been over an hour? It has been over an hour. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode. I am thoroughly enjoying it. They, they always have the best stories. I, I love the fact, I, I love when they call in. That's why I was, wasn't like, nope, you get one. Now we got to move on to the next caller. I'll let them go for as long as they want. Um, um, and I'm sorry, during Sean's story, the, the, the Bigfoot puppet that was up there, I've since moved it because I forgot that it scares Stitch. Um, I, I made a Bigfoot puppet about five years ago. My plan was to do a show called Bigfoot, or, yeah, Bigfoot Review. So my plan was to do a YouTube show called Bigfoot Review, where I, as the puppet, would um, review Bigfoot videos and say whether I thought they were real or more likely bullshit. Um, that never came to fruition, um, partly because I started doing this show and drunken metaphysical prior to it. But I, I, I was also, I just wanted to see if I could make a Muppet-esque puppet. So, um, so I did. I made, I sewed together in the most horrible sewing ever, sewed together a Muppet-based Bigfoot um, that I call Bigfoot, and uh, that was the puppet. I just had to pull it down because it was right behind me. It was staring behind me. Um, Giovanni, yes, please. Yes, please. Please call me. I would more than, I'm more than happy to hear your stories. Are you kidding? You have great stories. Um no, 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 no. Never apologize for taking up time. You guys are fantastic. I will gladly listen to your stories anytime. Um, but I'm just trying to, to, to fill in the airways bef between the stories. But um, so, yeah, I made a Bigfoot puppet just to see if I could make it. That's mostly things. Most of the time when I make something, it's just kind of a thing of what if I can make a ukulele based on John Flansburg's chess master guitar from They Might Be Giants, my favorite band in the world. And I kind of did. Um, it's mostly just this, just that kind of a thing. Um, oh, Randall, thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, you're a professional critter sewer. Randall, I want to know more about that. Tell me more about that in the comments. Um, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to see if I can make a puppet and I made a puppet. Um, Sean said, in regards to premonitions, I've only had two. No one died, but I basically acted on impulse to get ahead of them prior. That's awesome. Caught my grandfather who lived two hours away in the middle of a stroke and saved his life. Oh my God. Instead of just brushing it off for his alcoholism, he was a drunk. But yeah, I had a weird feeling and I called him. He had a stroke while we were on the phone. Oh my God. He didn't know he was slurring and talking weird, but I called an ambulance and lo and behold, if he had gone another 20 minutes, he'd be dead. Oh my God. See, sometimes you just have to listen to that premonition. You have to listen to that little voice in your head and for call it whatever you want call it a glitch in the matrix or whatever good lord that's amazing um oh my god i make furry suits oh, oh i can't wait to click on this link i want to know more about this um 
Randall, before I say it live on air, do you mind if I, I give a kind of sh plug shout out to you? I want to make sure it's okay with you before I do that. Um, they make cool, crazy costumes for a living. This is awesome. Uh, seriously, thank you. Um, yeah, no, there's so many great stories. Hold on. I'm going to quickly. Oh, my God. You're not kidding. Please, Randall, let me get permission to 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 plug your work. Holy shit, man. Oh, my God. All right, I got to go back to here because I want to see if I can get Randall. Okay, thank you, Randall. All right, so everybody, I need everybody listening right now to go to, I'm going to say it wrong, but I apologize, Lobita Works, L-O-B-I-T-A Works, W-O-R-K-S.com, LobitaWorks.com. While I'm doing this show, this is the first time I've heard of it, I'm going to Lobita Works. I'm not getting paid for this. I don't care. Randall's freaking awesome. This stuff is intense. Holy crap, buddy. Um, I guess the best way to describe it is the most coolest furry costumes ever. Dude, this is awesome. Oh, my God. There's a... Oh, my God. Hey, uh, Randall, you do incredible work. Um... Please go to Lobita Works, L-O-B-I-T-A-W-O-R-K-S.com. I know a lot of friends that cosplay, a lot of friends that like this kind of stuff. Um, I want to make sure that everybody, anybody that, that is a, a listener of mine, I will gladly shout out anything that you guys do that is normal and cool and fun, like Randall's work. So please, if you guys have a chance, check out LobitaWorks.com. You never know. If you need a costume, you need whatever, um... On the website, it does say commissions, so it does seem like Randall does commissions. How to commission us? There you go. Um, feet, tails, hands, headbands, ears, sneakers. This is awesome. I gotta say, I got the most talented fans in the world, and you guys are. Oh, enough of them. Let's get on to this. Wait, wait. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, Kurt, how you doing? Giovanni. Giovanni, hey, how you doing, buddy? Um, I'm doing all right. I'm so glad that you called in. You guys, you know, you're you're always cool. Wait, I have something on my shoulder. There we go. It's off. Um, yeah, you're always cool. Please, please tell me tell me a story, Giovanni. Oh man, what is the deal with premonitions and people being employed up here? So you have premonitions too? I did. Yeah. Um, it's been a few months since I had the last one, but they don't happen to me as often as they do. It's not like the last guy where it happened like every day. Uh, for me, it happened here and there, but it happened. And do you get proof that your premonitions have come true? Yes. Give me your best one. Um, <clears throat> my best one, actually, the craziest one. Um, I was maybe in elementary school and uh, was graduating from third grade to fourth grade. And uh, I remember just walking down, like she said, it was a first person view. I just remember walking down the hallway and I'm wearing blue jeans, I'm wearing boots, and I'm wearing a flannel. I'm walking down this hallway with lockers on either side of me. And I enter this room, and as soon as I enter this room, like, all the kids, they just 
stop and they all look at me. And I get a, I see all of their faces clear as day. I see what they're wearing, what they're doing. And for a while, I thought nothing of it. Then when I go to fourth grade, it's the first day of school. I'm walking down that hallway. I'm wearing those boots, that blue jeans, that flannel. I enter the classroom, and every single person who was in my dream was in the classroom, dressed exactly how they were dressed in my dream. How quickly did you realize, oh, God, I, I knew about this? Uh, as soon as I saw their faces, I was like, oh, crap. What? <laughs> now, it was just that. Um, did you put on the like outfit? In, did you put on the outfit and go, uh, "Oh crap! This is the outfit that I was wearing in that premonition." Or it wasn't until you walked into the room? It wasn't until I walked into the room because um, it, somebody was saying it in the chat log, but these things happen so far out that you'll end up forgetting that. Sure. Sure. Until that moment happens, and you're just like, "Whoa." You kind of get like a deja, like a deja vu feeling from it, but then once you piece it together, it's like, wait a minute, I had this dream of this. Now, was it anything and in particular about that specific day that 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 ha did anything significant happen, or was it literally you just knew what everybody was going to be wearing? Now, and it's fine if you knew what everybody was wearing. That all, that alone is absolutely impressive. No, I just knew. There was nothing really special about it. It's just that when I seen them and I seen their faces exactly how they were in my dream, clothes exactly where they were in my dream, the seating was kind of off. I don't remember being in those exact places, but everything else was right on team. Now, did you have a feeling of, like, you know, like when you have deja vu, you, you're like, I know this already. Was it that kind of a feeling? Was it premonition? Was it a different feeling? What was it like? What were you feeling? It was the, it was the, like, I wouldn't really exactly nail it on the deja vu feeling. It's just like, once you see it and you have a feeling, it's just like, wait, this has happened. Like, how, like, I haven't seen it before, but this has happened. And then you start piecing things together in your head, and you don't want to. Obviously, in the last movie, like the guy said, you don't want to tell these people these things. So you're just in your head, just piecing things together, and then suddenly you get that memory, like, whoa, wait, I had this dream. Well, sure, you can't. Like, if you've told everybody, like, hey, I knew. Hold on one second. Stitch, it's cool, buddy. People can walk by the house. Um, if, yeah, if um. If you tell somebody like, hey, I had this dream, and everybody's going to be like, cool, what happens next? And then it's going to be like, you have to prove it. So I get what you mean. Like, you got to just kind of hold it inside and be like, you know, I know what's going to, I know this yeah. happened. I know all about this. I know what you're saying. Sure. Yeah, that was, uh, that was probably the craziest one. Now it seems like uh, my dreams just kind of tell me when I'm going to have a new job. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's nuts. So I, I don't know if you're still if you're still watching the 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 comments, but uh, 
you know, uh, Jin was saying, uh, Giovanni, you're great. Trust, trust when I say this. I haven't had much into premonitions in a while, and to have them is awesome regardless. Trusting these things that happen, they're usually spot on, and that's exactly where I was going to go with. So now that you've had it confirmed that you have the ability to, oh my God, what is the pretense for premonition? Premonate? I'm just going to say premonate. I don't give a fuck. So once you premonate that something's going to happen, do you now start to, you know, f when you wake up and go, oh, I think I had a premonition dream. Do you, do you, are you more conscious of it? I guess is the best way to ask that question, which was a terrible way to ask that question. Uh, well, here's the thing. Dreams like that are actually very specific. Like if you have like a normal dream and like you can tell when you wake up you have a normal dream, but when it comes to a premonition dream, it's way more abstract. So like when you wake up, you're like thinking about it, like okay, what's going on here? Because um, before I actually started being a truck driver, I obviously had to go to school to be a truck driver, and so. Oh, wait, did I know you? Wait, hold on a second. Hold on, did I know you're a truck driver? That's awesome. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing, honestly. Yeah, I used to be. Not so much anymore. Well, thank you. I decided to stay home. Well, well, thank you for that in, in general. Thank you. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to de de derail you. I apologize. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It's all good. I actually had a dream that I couldn't make sense of that all. And it was just flat field and a roller surrounded by hedges and that's it I couldn't make sense of it at all until one day when I'm in truck driving school and uh, it had rained the night before and they hadn't properly packed the ground so to say so they actually had us practicing on concrete and I looked over to the field where we normally were which is a dirt field and boom everything just slips right into place because I see the field empty and that, that roller is right where I dreamed it was really so for you, so for you, it's not big thing, and it's not. I'm not. I'm not like you know slamming you. For you, it's not big things yeah. like like death. For you, it's it's. You just know when things are going to happen. Little big doesn't matter. Exactly. Does that make it harder for you to pick up on? You said it was a different feeling when you have a premonition dream than to have a regular dream. Does it does it make it harder for you to? focus on that or does it make you go oh yep that happened and it's no big deal <laughs> well that comes from me right there because usually it's, it's not until much later that I realize like whoa wait hold on because when I see something Especially if, had a, if I've had a dream like that before and I see something and it's just something like, where have I seen this before? I'll fixate on that until I can finally remember what it was that I've seen it before. Oh, so it really is like a deja vu kind of a thing. Yeah, especially in these later years, like, I'm doing so much other things and then I see something and then I'll start fixating on it. So I'll be like, oh, okay, wait, hold up, I've seen that before. 
Yeah, yeah, I can get behind that. So it's more of that feeling of, wait a second, this has happened before, and then you're kind of putting those pieces together to connect it back to that <laughs> premonition dream. Now, let me ask exactly. you this. Have you ever had a premonition dream where something very significant happens, either to someone you know or someone you don't know? Like, like what I mean by that is like 9-11 or something like that. No. Okay. Like, usually these events that happen are like sort of around me, not towards other people. And I it's wish I would have... little things that come and happen to me or that will eventually at some point happen. Sure, sure. And I wish I would have asked that uh, previously to Jin as well. Like, do is it always connected to you personally or is it something that happened disconnected to you? Basically, what I'm trying to say is if any of you guys ever have a premonition about me, please, for the love of God, let me know. I need to know ahead of time enough shit as is. So, you know, I'm just looking out for myself at this point. But no, I have. have seriously, honestly, though, have you ever had something that is disconnected from you? No, honestly. That's interesting. I'm to think of it, like, like, yeah, no. So now I'm wondering, um, Ali's saying, I'm going to say what Ali's going to say first before I was going to tell what I was going to say. Ali said, these people that who have premonitions should learn the art of lucid dreaming. And I, I exactly, I agree with that, that you should actually focus on this, you know, kind of train your body or train your mind or train whatever this is for these premonitions to see if you can get better or more accurate at premonitions. Um, uh, Dave's been trying, not a lot of success for far. So far, I'll let you know, Kurt. Jen, please let me know if you have anything about me. More importantly, anything about Stitch, let me know. Um, um, Richard was saying sometimes you can... Uh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Richard's saying sometimes you can kind of feel like the puzzle pieces fitting into place and even the beginning of the day feels similar, then you start remembering stuff. And I agree with that. Like, you put those pieces together after the fact. Yes. Some stuff, uh, especially early on, whenever, whenever I was a kid, some stuff was more or less instant on the spot. But now, like I said, I'm more grown. I have more things going on at the same time that I may notice these things. So these things aren't really at the forefront of my mind, but it's just that I'll think about it and I'll keep thinking about it, like towards the back of my, like in the back of my brain, it's just like, what was that thing? But I'll have other things that I'm focused on at the same time. You know, I give, I totally get that. Like, like there are so many times where, I mean, there's so much going on, especially on a work day. There's so much going on that you can't really focus on wait, that was something. You can't really connect those puzzle pieces. So I think it's really interesting that, um, I'm hoping anyway, that that everybody that has this kind of situation can kind of connect the dots and, and start to really focus on it and see if you can get better at it. I guess that's the best way of describing it. I mean, I mean better at it is not exactly what I mean, but you know what I'm saying when I say better at it. Like, I really want you guys to... Really dial in on it. That's what yeah, dial in on it. That's exactly a better way of saying it. Dial in on it. Like, um, yeah, no, like, like dial in on it. Like, try to figure out if you can if you can improve on the reception or whatever it is that you guys are getting. 
Well, again, this has been an awesome call. Like, honestly, like, thank you so much for calling. Um, the fact that you had the, the fact that this show is quickly becoming a premonition show, I absolutely love. Yeah. I'm all about and this. It's not, and it's not just premonitions. I've had different things happen to me in dreams. It's kind of odd. Um, two days ago, I believe. I don't know. I don't know who it was, but uh, I ended up waking up in sleep paralysis state. Oh, you've had sleep paralysis. And now, if you had, it is not fun. Oh no! Well, no, it's not. It's really not. Now, have you had um, the 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 demon or the witch sitting on your chest as well? Have you seen that part of the shadow person on your chest? I haven't looked. It was more like. I don't know why, maybe I was, but I never really opened my eyes, but I've had the, uh, I've had the sitting hag on my chest before. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that is 100% not fun. Like, whenever, whenever I thought about something, it seemed like she would just put more pressure and more pressure and more pressure. Yeah. But, um, the episode lately I had, I believe... I'm, I might have conquered him. He, the Mr. Uh, Mr. Hoffman. I think I might have let him kill me. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. I'm sorry. The uh, Mr. Hatman, I think I might have let him to me. That's kind of what I thought you said. Really? So you've seen the shadow man with that, the, the shadow figure with that, with the, the hat? No, but I felt him. So what that makes you ominous. think you felt him? That ominous, dreadful, just overbearing feeling of fear. Yep, yep. Yeah. But, let's say it's like, um, since I've gotten more or less used to seeing what I have seen, I know more or less, you know, you can't really let it try and scare you. Yeah. So once I realized in my head, like, maybe I think this is who this is, like, my body responded, and I still felt the fear, but I remember just saying out, like, listen, I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to turn onto my back. If you're not gone, I'm going to make you leave. Really? As soon as I turned on my back, it was just gone. Okay, so it does seem to respond to physical stimuli, whether it be a mental, you know, mental situation where, because a lot of people say that sleep paralysis is just your body being in, because when you actually sleep, your body goes into like a paralysis kind of state, so you're not, in, you know, enacting you your dreams. Open, your dreams exactly. So, so you're saying that you don't think personally that it's that, that you think that, Thinking that you need to go away when I roll over, rolling over seems to get it away from you. Yeah, because it's uh, actually a situation that happened with a shadow person that's seen before. I didn't have sleep paralysis at that moment, but I remember waking up dead in the middle of the night and I see this shot person just in my room and it's kind of like 
He's got his fist underneath his chin and he's just looking at me. And so I quickly turned over and I told him basically the same thing. Hey man, I'm gonna turn around. I'm out to three. If you're not gone by the time I turn around and count to three, you know, I'm gonna make you leave. Yeah. So I turned turned back around, I got to three, he was gone. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I, I know I've talked to a lot of people and I mean, I, a lot of people that have sleep paralysis that have talked to the shadow person that have come to some kind of agreement, if you will, with the shadow person. Um, yeah, no, I, I know exactly how, I mean, I don't because I don't have it, thankfully, knock on wood, but I know exactly what you mean by that whole thing of coming to grips with it or coming to terms with it or giving it instructions, and it seems to follow it. I've heard that from a lot of people. Way more yeah. than have called in or written in. Like, a lot of people have messaged me saying the same thing. I don't know why it works. It just does. Hey, if it works, it right. works. You know, just go with that. You know, I think about it sometimes, and I think maybe, okay, the shadow person... Maybe you might not even think that I'm here and I can see it. But if it knows that I can interact with it, then it might back away some. I know the hot man is like if he knows you see him. Sure. You know, he's not gonna back down. So let me ask you this. <laughs> since you've had the experience, since you know sleep paralysis and you you know that that, that shadow person is there, do you think that it is just your body your your mind waking up before your body wakes up, or do you think that there's something paranormal to it? I think it's really a mixture of both, because that's more or less what happened. I was awake mentally, but it, it felt like I couldn't move my body. It felt like my body didn't want to respond. At the same time, I feel like, um, for some reason, like I've seen the uh, documentary even on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Um, yep. Each of these people, some of them had heard about sleep paralysis or researched it themselves before it actually happened. And I feel like, like I said, I feel like I led him to me because I was reading stories about him and I was reading articles more on sleep paralysis and the things that may happen sure. because of it. So sure. I feel like He's, he kind of sensed that and was like, oh, okay, this guy's really kind of susceptible right now. Yeah, you open the door and let them in. That's why I say constantly, I don't like doing episodes about possessions or demonic things. Um, I definitely don't like saying names of, of demons. Um, I have a lot of talismans around the house to protect me, but even still, when you kind of open the door to that stuff, that stuff tends to walk in more often than not. So I get what you mean by yeah, that. That's kinda yeah, like, that's kind of like inviting a vampire into your house. Yeah, it is. Or or black-eyed children or whatever. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like, like the first oh, night no, that I... I never want to see those. Oh, oh, God, no, you don't want to see Ever. those. Yeah, yeah, that, that uh, Lauren was saying, oh, God, that documentary was fascinating and horrible. It really is true. Um, that, you know, that kind of thing where you, you kind of let that in you really let that in. And you've got to be very wary about the stuff that you let in. 
I'm, I'm very interested in a lot of the stuff that's negative, but then there's a lot of the stuff that I don't want to let in for that very reason. When Sean and I went to the David Omen's house, where on Cielo Drive, where the Manson murders all oh, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when Sean and I went there, Sean and I both got home and had experiences connected to the Omen House. We didn't want, we didn't, we didn't invite it in, but we opened ourselves up to it, and it seemed to just come, whether we wanted it or not. And 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 it's not something I want. It's not something that Sean wanted. It does seem to see. It does seem to think that 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 thing where you let yourself open to that. It's going to happen, and and you kind of have to be very wary of that. Well, dude, Giovanni, thank you again, man. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, everybody, yeah, man, always, as, as, as always, it's great talking to you. Everybody seems to be really connecting with this whole premonition and, and the shadow person and the sleep paralysis. All of this stuff people really connect to because a lot of people are having it. So there is something to it. So, again, thank you so much for calling, man. As always, please call anytime. I really appreciate it. You got it. Thank you, man. Have a great one. Stay safe. Yep. Wow. Yeah, see what I mean? And I agree. Like, it's it's really weird how this this show runs itself. I'm just kind of here to be aboard and see where it's going to take me. But this show is you guys. You guys are kind of steering the ship. I just kind of go along for the ride. Um. The story I told Sunday about the demon. Oh, yeah, the demon in the dorm room. Yes, was the only case of sleep paralysis I've ever had besides a ghost in my dream. Um, there, Yeah, it it's really weird. Like, I really was wondering when I started doing this bigger and bigger, when it started to catch on, when this show really caught on, and it has, bigger than I ever thought it would, and I can't thank you, everybody who's listening, I can't thank you enough, around the world. People that shouldn't have English as their first language are loving this show, but when this show really caught on and really started getting bigger and bigger, I was wondering if it was just going to be an isolated thing of just people in North America because they're all tightly wound or whatever. It's not. It is worldwide. Sleep paralysis and and the shadow, the shadow people and black-eyed children and you name it. You name a big one. People around the world connect to it. Bigfoot. That's a great example. People from around the world, every culture. I've heard from indigenous people from literally every continent except for Antarctica. I've heard from indigenous people that have heard it from their grandparents and their great-grandparents. And these kind of things, these stories have been told forever. It's not a new experience. This is not a new phenomena. Something is happening. Oh, all right. All right, I'll take a call. I'll finish that 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 thought later. Come on, come on, phone. All right. Caller, you're on the air. Hi, Kurt. This is Teresa. I'm sorry, who is this? Teresa. Hey, Teresa, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm great, thank you. How Awesome. So you're staying safe? You're being good? Well, as good as we can be at home. Good, good, good. <laughs> what do you got for me tonight? Well, I have a couple of things for you. First of all, I wanted to fill in a little bit more for Damien. Um, because he does get nervous, he, oh, he goes out. I'm sorry, I didn't connect. I'm sorry, Teresa, <laughs> I didn't connect you with Damien. Oh, my God, I'm so happy you're calling, yeah. Teresa. 
Damien, the best. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my little weirdo. He's the um, best. But I, I wanted to. No, he's the best little weirdo. I, I, I will, I will say that no matter what, he's the best little weirdo. But, um, he actually started talking about the white boy when he was about two years old, two, three years old, when he started forming complete sentences. Oh wow! It's um, in the beginning. It, it's been since like. He can really tell us, hey, look, there's somebody outside. Because that's how it started. This white boy, initially, um, where we live, this white boy would stand outside his window. And we, we, we single-level home, there was no stairs, nothing, you know, you're not going to go up very high. So he would say this little boy was outside of his window. The, we would double-check, make sure no footprints, anything. There was no... But he walking around in the back of the house. Um, then at first she was like, he kind of scares me. And then he got used to this white boy and he said, well, I told him he could come inside. Oh, oh, all right. So I was going to say a minute ago, I was going to say, so Damien started out. Or I'm sorry. So the white boy started outside the house. Damien started seeing him. And then Damien invited yes. the white boy in the house. Yes. And it's, been weird. I mean, there's always been some weird things um, surrounding us and Damien, and it, it, you know, I really didn't think much of it because I'm thinking he's, uh, you know, three years old. He's got an active imagination. He wants. He's thinking about playing with his cousin. You know, that sort of stuff, like make believe, uh, and that's what initially what we thought it was. Sure. And then there was weird things that started happening. Um, he was not tall enough to grab toys out of the top of his closet. And we would find stuff pulled out of his closet from the very top shelf. Holy and there was nothing that crap. he could have climbed on. There was, you know, nothing that, that he could have been able to use to get the toys off of the shelf. Wait, so, Teresa. So there was little. So, can you, yeah. can you describe the white boy a little bit better? Because I know, I think you messaged me with it. But I want everybody to know the description of the white boy and why he's called the white boy. So, Damien calls him the white boy because he looks like a regular person. However, everything around this boy is white. So, he says that this this ghost spirit, I don't know what you want to call it, but this white boy, he is white. So, it's not um, just, it's not like, I'm a white boy. No, he is a <laughs> white boy. No, 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 it's like, it, it looks like a normal person. He says he describes him as a normal, you know, person, but he, he's just everything around him is white. Wow. He radiates a very white light. So I wanted to fill in a little bit of that background for please. Damien because I know that he left out some, uh, some details. No, 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 that's, no, no, please, please. Anytime you want to talk about the white boy, uh, like I said to Damien, Damien is always welcome to call i i you know people have loved damien's story um they're they're very scared they're very intrigued they're they they they're, they're very they love it they love damien's story so it, damien has definitely made an impression on a lot of people well damien is a very a very outgoing person he likes it. to talk to people and stuff like that and he has no problem telling people you know hey the white boy's hanging out, you know. He has no problem saying anything like that. So, he, you he, had a lot of experiences, and he's like, well, it was the white boy. And I'm like, okay, are you using the excuse or legitimately? 
and, and, and legitimately most of the time doing due diligence and checking and, okay, where were you? What was going on? Where were the dogs? Where was the cat? Make sure the cats weren't messing around, that sort of stuff. Usually it's stuff that we, we explain. Now, let me ask you this, because I never thought about this until just now. Have you ever tried to test the white boy story? Have you have you tried to say, like, white boy, I want you to move something, or white boy, I want you... Have you tried to validate the, the claims that Damien makes? Um, not intentionally. Like, we'll be talking about the white boy, and, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's here, and he'll we're in the room and you hear something, somebody knocking, you hear something unusual happening just to be like, Hey, I'm here. Wow. So it's not like it's intentionally like, Hey, give me a sign. It's more like him. Oh, by the way, I'm still, I'm here. Don't forget about me. Kind of thing. Sure. 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 He, he, just making sure you're aware that he's still around. Sure. Hold on. There's, I, yeah. I, I've been neglecting the comments. Hold on one second. Um, uh, Ali, please, you know, you know, please call anytime. Um, yeah, no, please go to sleep. Um, why there's so many people talking about Damien Elijah need to make a podcast together? Hell yes, Lauren. Uh, <laughs> Damien and Elijah would get along quite nicely. <laughs> do I know what state you live in, Teresa? Oh, uh, well, we live uh, on the border of Texas and New Mexico. Okay. So closest big city is El Paso. If you ever come out to California, I want to talk to Damien, if you don't mind. I would love to have a have you guys all on the show. Absolutely. Damien would love that. You have no idea how much he gushes. He's like, is there a new episode of Paranormal Almanac? Anytime we're in the car, he's like, is there a new episode? Because I also want to throw in that we went across the country from El Paso, Texas to New York. And we listened to your podcast the entire way up there and the entire way back. And we listened to every single episode. So Damon is well-versed in Paranormal Almanac. And don't fucking shoot Bigfoot. Don't worry about the F-bombs because he's closing out, apparently. Um, That's the best. I love everything about that. Uh, And I still feel bad. You you have no idea how bad I feel. Um, You know, every now and then I'll get a, a, a comment from a parent like, can you not swear? My kids love your show, but you swear so much. And I'm like... I don't mean to. I just get into it. I just, you know. It, exactly. That's how we are, too. Um, but Damien is like, Mom, I wanted to see don't F and shoot Bigfoot. I was like, no, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> please don't do that. Well, I, I'm saying it now on the air to hold myself to it. But, Teresa, you, Damien, the whole family, if you are ever in Southern California, I want to meet you guys. I want to have you on the show live. I would love nothing more than to meet you guys. That would be so cool. You would make Damien's whole day. Ah, please. It'd be the that best be for me. Awesome. Thank you. I, I also wanted to share a couple of other things. Um, somebody was, had mentioned sleep paralysis. Oh, please. Um, and this is, this is something that actually happened to my husband. So I don't know if you want to talk to him about that. He's sitting right next to me. Oh, no, he's shy. <laughs> so, well... <laughs> <laughs> when we first started seeing each other, um, he spent the night at my house, and um, I was having weird activity at the house to begin with, and I was not telling him about it because I was like, I'm not going to say anything because he's going to think I'm a crazy person, and we don't need to do that. So, um, when we went to bed, 
he was apparently trying to wake me up. He said that he was having uh, something, it felt like somebody sitting on him. Uh-oh. And he couldn't move. Yeah. He said that it, he felt like it went on forever, but, you know, it was probably just a couple of mi- couple of minutes. Um, he said the entire time he was trying to pat me with his hand, he was like, awake and aware his eyes were open. But he was trying to pat me with his hand. That was the only part of him that he could move. There's nothing oh. worse than that, where you're trying to, you know, alert people like, hello, sleep paralysis is happening right now. Something's going on. Yeah. And, and he said I was completely dead to the world, which is no surprise. I'm a very heavy sleeper. So when I was experiencing stuff there, here at the house, because we're living in the same house, <laughs> when, um, when I was experiencing stuff previously, it would make a lot of sense that, you know, he would feel something like that. But once we started living together and being around each other, a lot of the activity around the house completely stopped. Really? Well, recently when my purse was thrown off of the bed. All right, that's not stopping. No, no, nothing nothing has really stopped. And I think it's the land itself. But we also live in a very, like, old area. So now, do you do you do any time that anything paranormal happens? Do you immediately go, "It's white boy," or do you go, "Well, that was weird"? Well, I'm like, "That was weird." We also live close to White Sands Missile Missile Range, so oh. we see a lot of weird nonsense in the sky. Oh hell we yeah! We see, you know, um, you know, we see like we see random things and objects and. Um, Sometimes you're like, well, I wonder what they're doing out there, but you kind of try and put it out of your mind. <laughs> As well you should. You can't control that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. But um, we'll definitely give you a call with more more uh, experiences because I have a ton of ghost experiences myself as well as my husband and my son. So we will pick you up on that offer when we get in California. Please do. I'm not we'll kidding. Please do. Offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold me to that. I would love that. I really, really would. Thank you so much for calling. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Colin. You Th- are doing an awesome job. Thank you again. Thank you. And have a wonderful night. Tell Damien I said hi, please. Most certainly. You have a great one. Thank you. Bye now. Okay, well, see, another great freaking call. Holy crap. All right, so with that, I'm going to be right back. This one's for me, not for Stitch. It's time now for a short break. Feel free to get a refill on your favorite beverage. And remember, if you have a paranormal story to tell, Paranormal Almanac wants to hear from you.
somehow Buzz managed to figure out exactly how long it would take me to pee and then um, fill up some rum into a glass. But uh, again, well done, Buzz. And also well done for saying paranormal almanac. That's exactly how you say it. Well, we are back uh, in case you guys haven't uh, figured it out uh, between my rambling, the sounds of a glass being filled up for the third time. This is quickly becoming a drunken metaphysical, but, uh, you know, it's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Okay. Richard, you should definitely start drinking. Sean, you should definitely start drinking. I mean, I'm not pressuring you. Drink if you want to drink is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Switching from Rockstar to Lemonade, but still vodka. That counts. That's all that matters. Tequila Sunrise for Richard. I love it. Uh, my second large drink, quarantine is basically airport rules. You're not kidding, Karen. Um, yeah, you're definitely not kidding. Uh, life after work closure has uh, pretty much been uh, become sandworm onesies and day drinking. Hold on, Carrie. I need to know more about this. When you say sandworm onesies... Oh, fuck. Oh, someone's calling. I want to know more, Carrie. Tell me more about that. That's awesome. Caller, you're on the air. Sorry, sorry, start again. Hello? Hello? Who's this? Hi. Oh, this is Carrie. Carrie! Oh, sweet. I was just asking you about this. All right, what did you mean by sandworm onesie? Oh, I have a, a onesie of a sandworm from Beetlejuice. That's it like is Beetlejuice. It's like lay around the house and it's cold clothes. Yes! Beetlejuice, one of my favorite movies of all time. You can't see it, but just off camera that way is a collection of vintage Beetlejuice stuff because I absolutely love Beetlejuice. I was really hoping that's what you meant I by love that. that. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. How you doing, Karen? My housemate that's here with me is Randall, who is also in the chat. We've, uh, we've gone to college together and like lived together on and off for a long time. <laughs> wait, really? We love your podcast. Holy yes. crap, that's random. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I have a ghost story and a UFO story. Ooh. Um. Um. Hold on. Let which me, one uh, would you like first? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's flip a coin. And I don't have a coin, so I'm going to flip, uh, I'm going to flip a patch. Heads, ghosts, <laughs> tails, UFO. Sounds good. UFO it is. Okay. Um, so I, now I live in Washington State, but for a long time I've lived in, uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and a lot of weird stuff happens up there. The Appalachians are very strange. Yes, they are. Um, I did an episode about that. Yes. Yes. I, I listened to your Brown Mountain Lights episode, too, which is awesome because I've seen those, and that's really nice. cool. Nice. Very cool. Um, but we were driving home from Georgia where we lived at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was still dating my ex, and it was he and I in the car. And we were driving through a stretch of the Smoky Mountain Expressway, which runs through pretty much just, like, wilderness between North Carolina and Asheville. And I have no idea what we saw, but something large, glowing green, and roughly the size of maybe a Prius bounced across the interstate in front of us and then into the forest on the side of the mountain to the left of the car. Holy crap. Um, and it, it made us, like, I slammed on brakes because it, it scared me and it was in the road. And I was like, okay, it's really late. Maybe I just, like, saw that but didn't really see it until I looked over and my ex's mouth was hanging open. And he looked at me and he was like, did you see that? And I was just like, oh, God. Hold oh, on. no. Hold yes, on. I saw it. 
So wait, um, what so color? I have no idea what it was to this day. I went to call it a UFO, and he got mad because it scared him because aliens scared him. <laughs> and yeah. I just kept telling him, I was like, well, we don't know what it was. It was flying, so. Wait, so what color um, was the glow? But that's probably like the weirdest like, UFO thing that's happened. I, I have no idea what that was. Yeah, no, 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 wait, wait. What, what color was the glow, though? Oh, oh, like green. Um, kind of like a light, like lime green. Could you see the object, or was it just a full glowing green object? It was just a full glowing green object. We couldn't really see the definition of it, just that it was probably the size of like a smart car or a Prius, like a small vehicle, and almost. You... And it, it definitely like flew out of like the, the air, bounced, and then into the forest. And w- now, when you say it like skipped along the road, did it physically hit the road? It looked like it did. Um, we were going like 70 at the time, too. So, like, I couldn't really see, other than just, like, freaking out because I thought I was going to hit it. Um, well, sure. What exactly it was or if it left a mark or anything. Um, but it definitely it was like a, it was kind of a stone skip. Like, it just, like, hit the highway and then bounced into the trees. So it definitely wasn't a meteorite. Right, right, yeah. No, it didn't. It, it definitely didn't behave like that, and huh. it didn't seem to like leave like a crater or anything like that. Uh, I mean, it, I guess I've never really seen a meteor get that close, so maybe it could have, like a meteorite, so it could have been. But no, not not was, bright green. It, no. Um, yeah, not that color. Yeah, that was really bizarre. How far? Um, and it was like a weird, like like glow, like almost like a glow stick. How far ahead of you was it? Uh... I would say maybe, like, 600, 700 feet. It wasn't very far. Oh, wow, that's pretty like, close. At, at least no more than half a mile. It was just, like, it happened so fast. What did you think? All right, so obviously, you, neither of you wanted to be like, that was a effing UFO, but so... Yeah. Did you were you in, were you inclined to, like, pull over and go investigate, or were you like, I got to get the fuck out of here? What were you thinking? I... Almost stopped, but my ex was terrified of aliens, and so he was just like, "Go, do not pull over." And then, like, my own instincts took over, and I was like, "No, we gotta get the fuck out of here. I don't want to know what that is." Do you ever regret that decision and wish you would have stopped and investigated it? Pardon me, yeah. I think if I wasn't with him and had been by myself or with someone else, I would have been dumb enough to like pull over and check it out. But it did freak us out pretty bad because I thought like. Just the adrenaline rush of, like, thinking you're about to hit something, too, when you're just kind of driving along at 2 a.m. with no cars on the highway was a lot. Oh, sure. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, that 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 fear or that, I don't know what you call it, that, that, that instant tension and release when you narrowly miss something, an accident of any kind, I get, I get exactly, I know that feeling of what you're talking about. So, um, wow, that's really interesting. Okay, you've hooked me. Now I have to hear the, I have to hear the ghost story. So the, the ghost story is a is a big one. Um, so my current housemate Randall, um, we went to college together in Georgia at the Savannah College of Art and Design. We lived in a very very haunted city to begin with. Oh God, yeah. Um, yeah, and we lived in scad housing, and we lived in a building. We lived in different buildings, but they faced each other at the time. Um, and as I had, like, literally the day I moved into my building, which was a new dorm complex, so I have no idea what used to be on that land previous to SCAD purchasing it, but the building itself was new. 
uh, weird stuff started happening like the second that we moved in, and it kind of started small, and as we lived there for a year, it ramped up, and we had a lot of witnesses to a lot of the stuff, and whatever it was was very mischievous. I'd like to like kind of show a tap when people would come in from out of town, so activity would get really intense when there were like visitors. Um, but it just started with, like, we were sitting in the living room after moving in, and boxes weren't even unpacked, and we watched a bedroom door for a roommate that hadn't even arrived yet slowly close itself and lock itself. Really? And the doors, yeah, the wait, doors wait. don't lock automatically. You had to have a key in that particular door, so, like, there's no way for it to have locked itself. Um, wait, how did, wait, how do you and know? this became. Wait, time out. How do you know like, it locked like, itself? So, like, it was just locked. Like, we couldn't open the doors back up, and this became, like, a problem. Like, it started to happen to all four doors because it was four bedrooms, a living room, and a kitchen, kind of like a little apartment. Really? And they only could be locked by turning, like, either the lock inside the door handle or using a key on the outside. There was no, like, automatic lock to it. Um, And this became, like, a, a normal occurrence, and it got to the point where my own key had gotten locked in my bedroom, like, so many times from just like I would get up doing homework, I would go pee, come back, and my door shut and locked. And we would watch the door shut and locked. And so it it just like you every time there was a lockout, we would have to call and they would charge us twenty five dollars huh. and they'd have to come like up to work. And after like the fifth time I got frustrated because all of this like kind of small weirdness started to happen and ramp up. So I went in the living room and just kind of just felt stupid and yelled to the sky basically and was like, Hey, if there's anything here, can you please stop? Because this is getting expensive. Yeah. And it stopped happening to my room, but didn't stop happening to the three roommates that I lived with. Um, and so this then continued to escalate, and it started where we would start knocking on all of the inner walls inside of the apartment, either when no one was home or we would be home, but, like, all in the living room, so there's no one that could have been knocking on the walls. Um, and it would move, like, in interior rooms where there shouldn't be any ability for us to hear knocking. Um, we finally started hearing something mimicking our housemates' voices when they weren't home and calling our names, so it knew our names. Um, Hold on. We started having objects. Whoa, you're cruising yeah, past. You're cruising past so much good stuff. What do you mean it started yeah. mimicking and knowing your names? Like, tell me about that. What happened there? Oh, so, like, what happened to me, I was home alone doing homework. And no one else was home. Everyone's door was open and propped open so I could see that no one else was home. And I heard something in my housemate's voice say my name, like it was asking, like calling for me. And I turned around and it sounded like somebody was standing in the hallway right outside my bedroom door and no one was there. And I was pretty freaked out. And of course, like, I'm turning the TV and like all the radios and everything on because I didn't want to deal with hearing weird ghost voices. And, uh, when one of my housemates came home, I asked them about it and I asked if that had ever happened to them. And they like kind of all the color went out of their face and they're like, Oh my God, I thought I was like hallucinating that. But they had said that something had said their name really? on another occasion when no one was home. And then it started happening often where we would either hear our names or we would hear it like in a voice we recognize, say like a whole like, Oh, can you come in here for a minute? Or can you help me with this? And then like we'd run out the literature and no one would be home. Wow, all right, so it definitely knew your names and was interacting. It wasn't something that was independent. Yeah. It was an interacting... Yeah, no, it wasn't It wasn't residual. It was very, like, interactive and willing to kind of interact with us, um, which we wound up trying to interact with more later because we were dumb and in college, and this was, like, 12 <laughs> years ago, and we got curious. 
I mean, so as you do. Tell I me that. Tell me that. Hot. I want that story. And uh, so just all sorts of things that started to happen. Like we would have objects would go missing and either reappear where in a really obvious place where there's no way that we had missed them, like keys, car yep. keys, TV remote. Or we started finding them in really bizarre places. Like on more than one occasion, I had like, I had frames go missing where I was framing a bunch of artwork for a class, and one of my roommates turned the oven on to preheat it, and we started smelling like melting plastic, and opened the oven, and all of the frames were stacked inside of our oven. Oh no, that's totally normal. That happens every day. Right? Yeah. No, just you know, <laughs> just just go things. I guess like it was that just out pretty bad because of course that could have. In the frames that could have been a fire, things like that. Holy crap! Um, so then, like we had people, like I said, kind of ramp up, and we'd have people come from out of town and visit. And I had two friends from my hometown come stay with us for a weekend, and the knocking was intense. Like they said, every night they couldn't sleep because around the living room they would hear things knock on the walls. And one morning we heard this really, really loud crash that sounded like glass shattering, and we had a, a concrete tile floor in our kitchen. So everybody got up and ran into the living room, and, like, they jumped up off the couch. It was, like, 6.30 in the morning, we heard this loud crash, and I had a, like, big Pyrex mix, uh, mixing bowl above our refrigerator and thought, okay, like, maybe somehow that fell or something broke, because it definitely felt like glass shattering. And when we all got up and ran into the kitchen, the mixing bowl was not broken. It was in one piece, just sitting on the tile floor completely fine. And the cabinet that it fell out of was on top of our refrigerator, so for it to have done that, I don't know how it did it without breaking. Like, there's yeah. no rational explanation for that. But, like, it would have had to come out of the cabinet, slide across the top of our refrigerator, and then fall to the floor. And there's no way it wouldn't have broke, and the cabinet door would shut. Which is, what, at least a five-and-a-half-foot fall? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. The fridge was taller than me, so, yeah, at least a five-and-a-half, like, six-foot drop. That cabinet was so tall, I had to get on the stool to get it, so it was actually probably, like, six, six-and-a-half feet. Wow. Yeah, no, like, I've, uh, I mean, sure, there's a slight, slim, tiny, I know I'm going to be like the devil's advocate here, there's the slightest chance that it could fall six feet, bounce, and be fine, but for every time that I've ever had Pyrex fall three feet, the Pyrex is shattered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, we had no explanation for that, and we even tried, like, we dropped, like, a bowl we didn't care about just to see, and it, of course, just destroyed it. Like, there was, we tried really hard to recreate that and not break the bowl, and the fact that everyone said they heard the same thing, we all heard glass shatter, and that's what made us come running, and, because we were just like, oh, God, did, like, a picture frame fall or something? So, like, I, to this day, I have no explanation for that, and this all kind of culminated, like, this has gone on for a whole year, pretty much, of us living there, and us just kind of, like, learning to live with the weird ghosts in our house that, kind of seems to mess with things and mess with people. Um, my mom came to visit at one point from her, from our hometown and brought my dogs, and they both went to stand at one point at the open, like, entryway to my bedroom in the dark and started growling at something that wasn't there, and their hackles stood up. So really? that freaked me out. I trust, I trust my dogs. Like, if they, you know, like, if, if, a, if an animal that I have acts funny about something, you know, I tend to take that seriously. Oh, no, no. I'm so, 100% with you. I, I believe people... To a certain degree, I believe people. Honestly, I believe you 100%. But you bring up a dog or a, an animal having that same situation, having that same, you know, cackles up and everything. I'm a thousand percent in. I am sold immediately. I believe a, I believe a yeah. dog over a person every time. Oh, yeah, definitely. If they, if I drop my dogs and think 
over a person like 100 percent of the time and so that like really like that was like kind of the nail in the coffin there and all of us were just kind of like okay like the dogs are acting weird because that's stuff would happen like it wasn't like it was just me home alone like stuff weird things would happen when there were like six seven people over like i'm an animate I, I was at the time an animation student i guess that makes me an animator now um because this was 12 years ago but wait uh, are you an like, anim- you know, wait, are you an animator yeah, yeah, I'm a, I freelance animate and storyboard, um, I do a lot of stuff on motion stuff. No kidding, can we see your stuff anywhere? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I have a website that's just carrystone.com, so like my name, K-E-R-I, stone, like a rock, dot com, and it's got like my demo reel and a couple like random projects on it and stuff, illustration work that I do. dot com. is that right? That is correct. All right, guys, I want you all to take stop what you're doing. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Please check out carrystone.com. Um, one of my best Thank friends, you. one of my best friends, Sean Bishop, is an animator. So um, I love animators for that very reason. So uh, plus, you're a listener and you're telling an amazing story. So I definitely want to give you a little shout out right now. Um, I appreciate look at that. that. Look at that. Animation reel, illustrations. Puppet and self-fabrication sketchbook. Oh, I love this. Oh, wow. Hey, you have... Thank you. I don't know what it's called, but you have the, the Journal 3 contest entry stop motion animation. Um, What's that little triangle dude, the pyramid dude called? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that's Bill Cipher. That was when Alex Hirsch was hosting a contest for uh, to win a special edition of the Gravity Falls Journal, and so I did a stop motion entry for it. So, so one of my buddies actually built that gravity falls pyramid dude that and and there was like a like a um an arg like people went out in the forest and to find it oh my god oh my god you're you're that's crazy your friend built the statue that's insane yeah 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 my Um, friend made that statue exactly that's so cool yeah small world we've been to the statue it's a confusion hill in northern california on display now because there was like a land dispute about where alex had put it after the arg ended yep and so we've like taken a road trip to the redwoods twice since we moved to washington to actually go see the statue that's insane yeah, so my, my buddy Fawn, Fawn Davis from Fonco is the one that, that made that. And and he's amazingly That's talented. That's so cool. We've always wondered who built it because Alex Hirsch never said specifically. He just oh. mentioned that, like, oh, a guy in California that we got in contact with built this. Oh, maybe That's I wasn't so supposed awesome. to say. Maybe I don't care. I don't care. Fawn is awesome. Fonco Studios. If you need something, go to Fonco Studios. No, like, honestly, I will gladly shout out any of your guys' stuff because... You got, you're all so freaking talented. Um, when, when this is all over and said and done, I'm going to watch your stuff because this looks really interesting and I'm really interested in this. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh yeah. Are you kidding? This is awesome. Um, wow. So you, yeah, you did not disappoint Carrie. You not only do you like Beetlejuice, which is amazing, but, um, (laughs) you have some fantastic paranormal stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the ghost story, that actually ends in a, like, really crazy way. I oh, go, 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 part, yeah. Which, um, so we had one of the roommates in that dorm move out early because they had moved into a house, so her bedroom was empty. So one night after, you know, an entire year of my friend group and us putting up with, like, bizarre haunting shenanigans in our dorm, decided after watching an episode of Ghost Hunters that we were going to try to do the flashlight thing and ask it yes or no questions because yep. we had a flashlight that turns on and off at touch like it's a it was like one of those like not pressing the button but you like tap it and it turns on and off 
and we had one. So we got like nine people together and sat this in a room. And before you ask, yes, we tried to film this, but at the end of all of this, every file that we have of this video corrupted itself with the exception of one that we burned onto a CD 12 years ago that is not even the whole video. It's a piece of it. And every other file is like, will not load. We don't know why. It creeps all of us out. We have sent it to probably 10 different people's computers when it happened. All of the files on their computers are gone. We uploaded it to YouTube and that file got taken down. We, really? We gave up. Yeah, we do have it on a disc, but we only have part of it which we showed a couple of friends here. But it, it's only, like, us asking, like, one question and the flashlight responding. But we basically asked it a bunch of yes or no questions, and the flashlight would turn, it was, like, you know, blink twice for yes, blink once for no, and it was responding to everyone in the room. And it was, it what really creeped us out is, like, way later, like, a year ago, we were watching that BuzzFeed Unsolved show, and they did the flashlight thing. And the way their flashlight responded was the exact same way, where it doesn't just blink on or off. Sure. It's like almost like it's drawing power, like it like slowly would turn on and then slowly dim off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Um, no, no, there is something very different between a flashlight not getting connection to the battery and then a flashlight having some kind of paranormal interaction, something pushing it to make it do that. I know exactly what you mean. Um, right, right. right. Real quick, I'll tell you a quick story while while you're on the air. Um, this has been a few months ago. I was I was every day from my day job. I would go for a walk. We used to work directly in Hollywood, across from Man's Chinese. I no longer work there. We knew, we work somewhere different. Well, now I work from now I work right over there from home. But when I was in the office, so I went for a walk. I, I for the life of me, I don't know why I went into a coffee shop. I never went into, I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. I drink tea quite a bit, but I never drink coffee, but I went into this coffee shop just for the hell of it. And I walked in and yeah. both of the guys from Buzzfeed unsolved were in there. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit. That's awesome. My friend Lauren and I loved the show. So that's really I, cool. I quickly took like a little spy shot, pretended like I wasn't taking a photo. I took a photo of them. But when they walked by me, <laughs> I said, I'm like, hey, just to let you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of your work. I do a paranormal show, and you'll know exactly who. The one guy was like, dude, that's awesome. The other guy was like, oh, fuck, I'm not a paranormal guy. I don't care. Oh, and my God. Yeah, you know, that sounds like them. It was perfect. It was everything I wanted from an interaction with those guys. They were the very nicest guys <laughs> in the world. Yeah, when we saw the episode that they did the flashlight thing, it, when their flashlight behaved like ours did, Randall and I just like looked at each other and both of us had like no color in our faces. We were like, oh, oh my yeah. God, this is just like 12 years ago. Oh yeah, I know. And that's exactly it. You weren't, you weren't trying to make it do a fake, a false positive. You were trying to make it actually respond to you, which it seemed to have done. Yeah, and the next day we took the flashlight and Randall like debunked it. Like they did everything they could to try to like make it do that again sure. by just like tossing it around, unscrewing the cap, unscrewing the battery hatch, like everything. And we could not get it to dim on or off like that. It would just either flicker out or not come on at all. Oh sure. Well, there's a story that I've told. I think I've told on this podcast. I've definitely told it on Bigfoot Collectors Club about a uh, the Caribbean amphibian Kermit the Frog doll that interacted with me. <laughs> And I tried to debunk it as well and couldn't debunk it. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, listen to one of the Bigfoot Collectors Clubs live from the Bigfoot Lodge. The first one, live from the Bigfoot Lodge. Um, they had me on as a guest. 
Um, very, they're the nicest guys in the world. If you guys are fans of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, it's the same guys, Michael McMills. They're, they're the best. But yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. They're, it's fantastic. Well, thank you again. Thank you so yeah. much for calling. I, as always, I, I really do appreciate it. And like I said, the fact that you're a Beetlejuice fan means, you know, you have carte blanche to call anytime. Oh, yeah. Thank you for, for listening to me. Like, yeah. we have a, like, a whole school of stories, but my friends tell me that it's like group weirdness magnet. So, like, if weird things are going to happen, it's always when I'm around. Well, but I'm, I'm glad I got to tell that story because yeah. that was like the biggest one. No, no, call back anytime. Honestly, the next episode, I hope that you call back. I really hope you, you're, you're here because, you know, we're having fun. I love it. Thank you so, so much. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll call back. We have a lot of stories. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. Alrighty, so let me read some uh, comments. Lauren McCune says, the drunker Kurt and the rest of us get, the better this is. Sure, I'm with you there. Um, uh, audio is really cutting out. Krista, I'm sorry. Is the audio cutting out for everybody else? Hopefully it was just because of the call. Now that the call is over, I'm hoping that the audio is better for everybody. Um, those that are watching live, if the audio is really bad, you can always go back and listen to the show, you know, when when I release it. I'm going to release this one unedited. So far, it has been fantastic. There's no reason to edit this one. Um, I wish I could tell you why it was. Richard saying it was, but it's back. Carrie, no, honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you to Sean. Thank you to Carrie. Thank you to everybody. Um, we're now getting to... It's fine now. Thank you, Lauren. Awesome. Glad to hear that. We're, we're, we're past the two hour mark. Usually I try to cut it off way before the two hour mark. No one needs to hear me talk for two hours. Um, thankfully you guys have been talking more than me, which is what I love and what I want. Um, no, no, Randall. No, that's fantastic. Are you kidding? No, this is, this has been, um, this has been a fantastic show for me. I hope that you guys like it as well. Um, real quick, I want you guys to go, once again, I want you guys to go to K-E-R-I, Carrie Stone, S-T-O-N-E, CarrieStone.com. Um, check out Carrie's animation reel or illustrations or her stop motion. And then while you're doing that, you know, that's awesome. Jump on over to L-O-B-I-T-A-Works.com, LobitaWorks.com, um, Hey, I've said it before. I said it again. Um, I will. I will definitely shout. If you guys are being cool, I will shout out any work that you guys have, um, just to give you guys an idea of how many listeners. It blows me away every week. I get 65,000 listens a week uh, around the world. Everybody, I can't thank you enough for listening. But please do me a favor. Those 60, 65,000 listeners. Check out Lobito Works. Check out CarrieStone.com. Maybe you guys need some animation done. Carrie seems to be freaking awesome. Maybe you guys need some sewing, some costuming done. LobitoWorks.com is freaking awesome. Um, welcome back, Jay, as well. Uh, Carrie, of course. Uh, really, everybody seems to have gotten kicked out. I'm glad that you got back in. Um, Randall, of course, my pleasure awesome work like legit awesome work not the crap that i do but legit awesome work also um jen was saying that um that dave was gonna knock over this right here 
this gizmo Furby that's sitting on the desk behind me or sitting on the shelf behind me. Dave, it's right there. Still sitting there. Right there. Still sitting there. It's hard to do backwards. Um, it's all you, buddy. You knock this over, you got a believer in me 100%. Not that I didn't believe you anyway, but even more so. Um, thankfully, the television set has not turned back on. I'm glad that some of you saw this TV right here in the background, way in the background, nowhere near me. Even if I had the remote, I couldn't turn that TV on. I'm glad some of you saw that TV turn on, which is very odd. Thankfully, the light hasn't given me too much trouble. One time it turned off for no reason, but it seems to be doing okay as well. Um, I agree, Susan. Always believe the animals. Um, let's see. Blame Dave. I'm trying to blame Dave, Sean. I'm trying to. You know, come on. Do it, Dave. If you can knock over that Furby right there, that Gizmo Furby, which is very rare, by the way. You can't even find Gizmo Furbies I'm sure you maybe on eBay, but um, it, it's, I don't know if you guys know the story behind, I have a Gizmo Furby behind me. Uh, when Furby came out, everybody was like, well, that kind of looks like Gizmo. So the people that made the movie Gremlins, hold on, I'm going to grab the Gizmo Furby since nothing is happening. So the people that made Gremlins was like, hey man, that Furby kind of looks like Gizmo. So they settled out of court to say, make a gizmo furby and we'll call it even and we're going to make some money off of it okay that being said i just picked it up when i shouldn't have i'm going to put it back on the shelf if it moves immediately it's me messing with it otherwise you know everybody blame dave okay i pushed it back even farther dave good luck with that one I keep waiting for it or something else to do something creepy, especially when you're away from the screen. Ah, crap. I can't move out of the way. Hold on. There, I'm away from the screen now. Weird crap can happen. Um, yeah, there's a lot of time. There's been a lot of girls that I've been, I've had over to this place on dates or whatnot that have said, oh, this place is cool. And then about 3 a.m. they go, this place is creepy, especially, hold on a second. Come on up, Stitch. Especially with, can you see it under there? I have a Pee-wee ventriloquist doll and a bunch of stuff from Pee-wee's Playhouse ventriloquist dolls because Pee-wee Herman is one of the best people in the world. Um, but yeah, so that it's slightly funny, slightly cool, slightly creepy. This entire house, or me, going on a date with me maybe, um, that's the best way to describe it. Um, see it move, didn't say how. All right. Fair, fair enough, Sean. I moved it. I didn't even want to move it. I was going to keep that thing up there the whole time. So maybe that is it. Good, good, good job, Dave. Um, but yeah, so anyhow, we're now at two minutes and 30 or two hours and 30 minutes. Would you guys like me to continue on or should I call it for the evening? It's up to you guys. I don't want to end this party too soon, but I also don't want people who are just listening going, he rambled on about toys sitting behind him for 20 minutes. I have to do a neat stuff tour of your things one day. Oh, Ashley, nobody has that much time. Um, well, I can do it right now. So I've got a full stitch collection right there. Slightly Disney. Over here, that's 80s action figures and uh, stuff, 
including MST3K. Right here is the Muppets. Kermit and the Muppets are my favorite. Uh, here's more 80 stuff, more 80 stuff. Um, that's just random books and fun stuff. Here, I'll switch over to this side. Over here, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. These two shelves, Lost, the TV show Lost. One of my favorite TV shows of all time. Um, down there is Disney stuff. Most of the house, I'll be honest. Um, sorry, I just hit my thing. Most of the house is, it's split up between mid-century modern or tiki, if you will. Um, Star Wars, uh, Muppets, Disney, Pee Wee Herman. Um, wait, hold on. This is very cool. I want to show you guys this. Okay, so my top shelf, I have the Enchanted, wait, sorry, it's backwards. I have the Enchanted Tiki Room. One of my favorite rides, if you will, at, at Disneyland. Then I've got Kermit the Frog. Then, right here, is one of my prize possessions. This is an autographed from the Muppets Fest. They did one Muppet Fest ever. Sorry for the listeners at home. This isn't very interesting. Skip ahead 30 seconds. Uh, they did one Muppet Fest. I was lucky enough to go to that Muppet Fest and meet every Muppet performer and have them autograph that. So that is every living Muppet performer at that time. Uh, then Stitch, obviously. This right here is that right there, that mug, is a cast um, gift from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I have a buddy of mine that works in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., one of my best friends in the world. He gave that to me because he's awesome. Then we got some Pee Wee Herman stuff. Then we have Black Hole, Ernest Borgnine, and it's signed by Ernest Borgnine as well. Now, this stuff over here, that stuff right here, you can't really see. This one is, uh, if you ever saw the movie um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that is Grandpa Joe, the guy that did Grandpa Joe, the actor that, that played Grandpa Joe. That is his driver's license, his SAG card, and some other personal memorabilia that I got from his estate sale. Right above that is Charlie McCarthy. If you don't know who Charlie McCarthy is, that is a ventriloquist act from way back in the day. That is an original script from Charlie McCarthy. Um, uh, again, I got it at an estate sale. It is one of my prized possessions in the world. Um, but, and that's obviously Huckleberry Hound, right there. Huckleberry Hound. Um, but anyhow, so yes, I have a ton of stuff, too much stuff. I, I have absolutely way too much stuff. Um, sorry, I like collecting stuff, but most of the time it's, it's going to be Star Wars or Ghostbusters. That is a huge collection of mine as well. All right. I'm going to get back to the, the, uh, the comments enough of my stupid shit. Uh, turn the podcast off. The party can continue with us. I can do this all day. Kirk, come to New Jersey for a visit and check out the Pine Barrens. I would love to, um, and then leave us cause this place sucks. Yeah. Um, Pee-wee, Randall, Pee-wee's my favorite. Uh, I was lucky enough to meet Paul Rubens. I'm, I was lucky enough to meet the entire cast of Pee-wee's Playhouse and got them all to autograph something down there. It is the best. Um, uh, Jay, yeah, you should love Stitch. Stitch is the best. Uh, Robin, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Heather, yes, Enchanted Tiki Room, my absolute favorite. Keep going. This is the perfect thing to listen to while studying for the... You know what? You know what? I think I will. Hold on one second, guys. I'm going to log off 
from the podcast. Everybody's listening. They don't need to be part of this. Uh, so let me log off real quick. Stitch is going to think I'm going to end it. So I'm not going to really say what I normally say to end it. So, uh, everybody listening, thank you so, so much for listening. This has been two and a half hours of the self quarantine episode of paranormal almanac. If you want to know what's happening, you can go over to Facebook. You can watch this whole two and a half hours, or you can join us live because I got 28 comments to read in a second. We're having a blast. People are so freaking awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. Oh shit. Before I end this though, I was asked by a couple of listeners. There is a thing called Roadcaster. It's this um this unit that that can plug into the podcast that can make it so I can take calls and do all this fun stuff and and change the the volume of the calls. It's what the pros use. So I mentioned that on on the Facebook page. I said, hey, there's this thing I was looking for. It's a bit outside my budget. It's about 600 bucks. I had a bunch of people message me that said, hey, let the fans know. Give the PayPal link. Maybe we can all pitch in together to buy you this Roadcaster to make the show just that much better. Thank you so much for suggesting that. So I will. So everybody listening, I'm going to do a PayPal link on my Facebook, if you want to, and only if you have the extra money, only if you want to, I'm going to put a link for PayPal to buy me this roadcaster that will only be used for Paranormal Almanac. So if you like this show, you like what I do, and you want to contribute any way you want, there's this thing called a roadcaster that I will buy that can only be used for the podcast. I can't use it for anything else. Um, I'm going to put a PayPal link on the Facebook page starting tomorrow morning. If you'd like to pitch in, it would mean the world to me. If not, just you listening is enough, and I thank you oh so much. Thank you all for listening. You guys, stay tuned for one second. Hold on. Thank you all so much for listening. You guys have a great night.